Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is Seastead of Fight Brew Head, and welcome to episode 72 of Beer and Other Shit Podcast Adjunct Series Quarantine Edition. This evening, I'm just going to bring this gentleman right on. This, if you watch or listen to us, you know him. You're a fan of him. You follow him on Instagram. This is Nathan from Nathan Does Beer and the BOS blog. There it is. There it is. Hey, oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> Oh, mate, they were just loving it. They were going nuts, man. Great to see your <laughs> gorgeous face, bro. Uh, it's good to see you too, my friend. How are you doing? Man, I'm great. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. It's Friday night. I love it. You know, long weeks as always, but uh, we out here. It's just us this yep, evening. We promised, uh, we promised the world an Ottawa trifecta. Then the universe got in the way and it didn't work yeah. out, but... It's okay because we're still going to deliver this evening. Indeed, and we never get to do this. Yeah, we'll talk- know, it, Go on, man. Yeah, it's it, it's been a while since we've uh, since we've just got to hang one on one for a pot. So you so, so you know it's it, like it, it's okay. Shit happens, but uh, but we're making the most of it. So th- th- this will be good. I love these ones. Like I love the interviews as well. But when we get to kind of like just hang and just yap with no distractions, no pressures i mean it's not like it's pressure but i always look at it as it's like there is a little bit of pressure because i gotta you know keep the flow going when it's an interview and stuff and when it's just me and you shooting the shit like it's 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 cool man and we've picked some great beers that we're all lining up three of the four beers we have we happen to have the same ones um so yeah that worked out real nice didn't it because we were like oh it doesn't even matter but like let's just see what we got and then it just happened to work out um before i yap too much I wanted to bring Nate in this evening for our sponsor, working with once again, this evening is sponsored by Dr. Nick's Amazing Man Stuff, bloody legends out there in Massachusetts. Each week I have been focusing on different products. Uh, They are a beard product. What do you call them? They make stuff for people with beards. That's what they do. They do beard oil, beard balm, and this is a face sanitizer as well. Um, I connected with these guys from my good friend Giles uh, out in Vermont who – knows bloody everybody and he's working with these guys he connected us i really got along with dr nick i don't think he's a real doctor but let's just say he is and you know they are they got a real craft beer ethos so he was telling me he featured on the podcast uh, i think in uh, early april and he was saying that everything from the bottles to the contents are made in the states the actual oils are essential oils and not the cheap fragrance oils because apparently a lot of beard oils and things like that are made cheaper and they have these fragrance oils that give you like they irritate your skin and chafe it up and stuff. But these are essential oils blessed by a Reiki master from Hawaii. And they have safe this, these two uh, sanitizers. I'll talk about those in a sec, but they got key lime and blood orange. So the actual essential oils are made from limes and oranges uh, in some of the others as pine and different citrus and coffee and vanilla and hops. And they actually, you know, I guess they just soak it in oil. To extract Sounds like flavor. delicious beer, uh, beer ingredients right there. It is. They actually have – wonderful you mentioned that. They have a thing called Beard Beer, um, which I've talked about before, an IPA and a stout one. But they're also about to do a Brewmaster series where they're collaborating with Brewmasters from uh, the ones that they locked in were Lawson's, Trillium, Treehouse, and Vitamin C. So big, big breweries. And they're going to recreate some of their like main uh, flagships, I imagine, in beard oil form, which is – pretty dope so you can not only drink 
say green from Treehouse, but you can smell like it too, which I love. These ones, have you heard of a beard sanitizer before? Have you ever heard of anything like this? I've I've not heard of uh, a beard sanitizer before. Like I've uh, like I've used beard oils before, and uh, like and I've heard of beard balm, but uh, but beard sanitizer that's a new one on me. Right, and same for me as well. So basically, the, he said the point of it is you have citrus because it gives you the citrus. Apparently, it has like an awakening kind of brightening effect on um, on the body. And he said the idea with the example he gave me. So say you're out running errands and. Um, well, probably not so much here in Montreal, but he's like, you get back in your car, I don't need a car, but you know, you'd get back in, you've got your mask on. He said, you just kind of spray your face with this stuff, um, even on top of the mask, because it is essentially a sanitizer. Oh, Nate just disappeared there. That's unfortunate. Um, I'm sure he will call right back. And the idea is that it sanitizes the beard as well as your face. And he said as well, you can spray it again on the beard. And when you actually rub it into your beard, it sanitizes your hands and your beard slash face at the same time. So this stuff is pretty dope. I have been using it since January. We started working with them in April. We're not, as you probably know, we do a lot of um, sponsor work over here. But, you know, when we connect with a a brand um, and it all, you know, seems to just click, we move forward, we run with it. Um, So, of course, here's here's Nate. We're going to bring him on back. We good? Oh, and we're back. Sorry about that. No, nah, man. Shit happens. It's tech. We out here. Don't even sweat it. I was just really just talking about the, the rest of it, how to use the, the stuff. Basically, you spray it on your face and, and beard once, once you've been out and about. It's some great stuff. Now, of course, if uh, you guys are interested in trying it, we have a code is BAOS21, like for 2021, BAOS21, and it's Dr. Nick's, D-O-C-T-O-R-N-I-C-K-S. All the links are in the description. You get 15% off your order. All of these for like fully American made and all local high quality products is about usually, I don't know, between 20 and 25 bucks a pop. If you spend $40, which really is just two items, you get free shipping in North America as well, plus the 15% off. So huge win. Dr. Nick's amazing man stuff. Thank you again for sponsoring the pod. Now, Nate, it is time to crush some beers. What are we starting It's about time. With? Right? We both started with something different. So I am starting with Old Flames No Regrets Premium Super Light Lager at 2.9%. What do you got there? <clears throat> I am starting with Celebrating Sisters from Orleans Brewing Company here in Ottawa. Okay. Now you were telling me this one has a pretty cool story behind it. It does, yes. So Celebrating Sisters is a collaborative project not unlike um, a couple of uh, collaborative projects that have come out over the, uh, like, uh, the last two years, like All Together and um, Black is Beautiful. This was an initiative started by the Indigenous Brew Crew, okay. um, which is a group of, uh, of Indigenous brewers in Ontario, um, one of whom is actually the head brewer at Orleans Brewing Company. His name, uh, his name is Eric. Okay. And also, like so, so it was the Indigenous Brew Crew and Do Better, Be Better, which of course is our friend Ren's nonprofit. Hey. I didn't so, realize she was part of that. That's cool. Yeah, she is. Um, so, so yeah, it's called Celebrating Sisters, and the 
idea is to raise funds for um, uh, missing and murdered uh, ind- indigenous women and children, um, which is like which is a pretty a pretty big and um, kind of un, uh, like and, and kind of not nearly as well known problem uh, like of Canadian history and I mean like not even really history it's like it's a present day issue a uh, day issue as well so it's raising awareness and funds for that um, this one in particular was a huge collaborative effort not just um, like not just in the project itself, but the recipe was done in collaboration with Dominion City and Kitchissippi, oh, cool. um, and uh, like and also with uh, products that were donated uh, from Brew Culture and Lollamand, um, as well. This gorgeous artwork here on the label um, was cool. done was done by an Indigenous artist named Chief Ladybird. I like look at that. Isn't that gorgeous? What um, I can't really tell because it's a little dark. Is that like a sky or is that like a what? What's the um? So it's it, so it's a bird. Uh, oh, it's I'm, a bird. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to guess what uh, I'm not going to guess what kind of bird it is. I don't know that like the actual history of the like of the label, but um, I believe they talk about it on the, uh, the like on the Indigenous Brew Crew website about how uh, about how that piece of artwork uh, came to be. Love it. Um, so, uh, and so this was done by a number of breweries in Ontario. Um, like I know, uh, like, like Rorschach did one. Uh, I know Catalyst, um, they, they, like did one as well. There, uh, like there were a few others. I think there was about 30 breweries in total in Ontario. Okay. And, uh, with this one, the funds go to a charity called Families of Sisters in Spirit. So it's a really, like, it's a really important project, um, that uh, that the indigenous brew crew did like did uh, quite a lot of work on and um, yeah it's uh, particularly with all uh, like with all of the findings that are like that have come to light which has like which has really forced um, the country to open its eyes and like and become aware of uh, like and become aware of the realities of. Um, residential schools and what uh, like like and how uh, like and, and and what that has been in uh, like in Canada and uh, like and kind of how we've all been very blind to it and the effects that it has had um on uh, like on indigenous communities it's a very important project and a very timely one yeah man well well said cheers to that bro get that in you what style is that by the way um, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing do, do, doing my best. It's uh, like it's something that uh, that like I like many Canadians um, like unfortunately don't know enough about. And um, like it's really uh, like the things that have come to light recently have opened my eyes a lot. Um, like I'm not going to I'm not going to attempt to do it justice because I don't know enough about it. It's something that I really need to continue uh, like continue to keep. Um, learning more about but uh, like but in the meantime this is an important project to uh, uh like to support so i would encourage you to um check out the indigenous brew crew and that uh, like and all of the information that uh, the, that they have and if there's a brewery near you that's doing that like that's doing this project uh, like definitely go out and uh, go out and support it 
So their ver- their version of this is uh, like is a bock. It's a like it's a red beer. Okay. All of the ones that the other breweries have done are all red beers as well of different styles because it was initially called mm. the Red Beer Project. But um, at, like, but it's definitely allowed for some flexibility and creativity for everyone who participated. But this one's a bock, so that's uh, so that's what we've got here tonight. Here for it, mate. Well, pleasure hanging out. Get it in ya. Cheers, brother. It's good. Talk us through the uh, tasty notes on yours, then I'll just talk about what I've got uh, real quick. Yeah, we'll do. So this is um, this one here is no slouch. Like I said, it's seven percent. Oh damn. Um, yeah, so so it's pretty strong. Um, yeah, it's a like, so it's a buck. It's got a very multi nose, um, like and as you can see, it's quite like quite a deep amber in color. So much more of a, a, a bit of a roasty vibe and um, like you get uh, dried fruits coming off, uh, like coming off like seasons and dates and a bit of caramel maple sweetness kind of, like kind of thing going on. Like you, like you can tell that this is uh, like that this is one that's got some heft and depth to it. And a buck in and of itself. I remember talking to someone, maybe it was with, the guys on the chat, but a bock is a deriv- is some form of a lager from memory. Is that correct? It's like in the lager family. It is okay, and it's, it is yes. Can you def- like without going super deep? Can you define it? Because I feel like it's been forever since I've had a bock. Of any uh, not really well enough. Um, I, I the, the, like I, I don't want to try to fudge my way through it. Um, if uh, if our friend Chris from Hops and Bros was here, he'd be like he'd be able to describe it a lot better than I could. Um, I don't uh, like not a style that I'm super well versed in, so I don't want to I, I don't want to try to fudge my way through it. As I said, but uh, but yeah, it's. And of course, like, like box have a number of different, uh, like of different styles with, uh, like within them as well. So, um, mm. it, like, it's definitely a wide range. This one in particular, um, the like the palette delivers very much what the, the like what was teased on the nose. So, lots of uh, like so lots of dark um, uh, like dark dried fruits. Uh, like cherries, um, uh, like and raisins, as I was saying, almost kind of got like a fruitcake vibe going on to it because it's also um, got a pretty rich malt profile to it. So, uh, like, so that contributes to that as well. Um, a decent bit of sweetness, but uh, like, but it's not cloying by any means because it's not uh, it's not very thick in body. Um, yeah, it's a, like it's a super super flavorful beer. Uh, it, like it would be, uh, like not one to take too strong because uh, like it's it's stronger than it tastes. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the box. Really good. fuck around. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good though. Um, what they did with that, like what they did with this recipe and the execution, it's uh, like it's spot on. That's great, man. Good on them. I'm happy. I love hearing that uh, these things exist and they're able to do. Some great positive projects to contribute and give back and, and increase uh, awareness, education, inclusion, diversity, all of those things and beers like that, you know, do their job. I love it. It's beautiful, man. Great, great Absolutely. choice. Absolutely. Really good choice. Um, on so, the, uh, so how about yours? Yes. So I had them on recently and uh, you also did the podcast companion that Old Flame are a crispy brewery, essentially, almost exclusively out of uh, Port Perry, Ontario. And 
this is called No Regrets. It's a 2.9% lager. I've had a, you know, just like you had a bunch of this stuff and been incredibly impressed with what I'm seeing uh, and what I'm tasting. This for 2.9%, like it looks like one of those, you know, a lot of breweries are doing like those, like the only way I can think to describe it is like faux macro where like they're yeah. using rice and corn and all the adjuncts to try and replicate a craft version of a super light American lager. This is like that, but taken to another extreme because it's only 2.9%. So it's like the nose doesn't smell too light. I'm not sure if, uh, to be honest, does it say corn stuff in here? No, they're not saying corn. So just ma- uh, water, barley, hops, and yeast. So um, yeah, like the amount so of So just a really light, straight up lager. Yeah, like super light. This is one of the things I can picture you, like you could sit on this all day by a pool, park, something like that, and not, you probably wouldn't feel too much. You'd be pretty, pretty sweet, but defla- amount of flavor, I'm mostly impressed with the flavor. Like this is really impressive yeah. for this. I don't so really how know. is it, um, how is it in body? Like, is it, uh, like, is it very, very light? Mm. Light body, really sharp carb. Um, I feel like because we're sitting inside a room and I'm really like analyzing it in a glass and, you know, I feel like it's more when you're out there by the pool or somewhere outside, you just kind of like knocking them back. It'll, it'll do the trick a little more. Obviously we're about to drink some more higher, well, you already got higher octane stuff, but we're about to move into stuff after tonight. So even on that another sip there, it's tasting pretty light, but once again, at 2.9% for a style like this, where you've got to really keep the, the, the malt profile low in order to keep that ABV down. They've done a pretty great job, man. Like it's got a little bit of dryness touch. I'm not getting too much like of the grassiness. I feel like they didn't overly hop it or anything. Nice and sharp. Like I like it. I I wouldn't drink. I'm not like the dude. I don't like sitting on beers all day. Like I'm not that dude. And I imagine you're not either. Um, I understand the idea of it. It's just not really how we tend to drink. I would imagine. But I can I can see this being yeah. a thing if you like if you're that kind of person and you're just like yeah just give me this beer I don't want to think about it like you and old a lot of craft beer nerds are a little too uh, I don't know into our shit where we have to like think about what we're doing and take photos and blah blah, blah. there's not many times where I just crack a beer and don't think about it I imagine it's probably similar for you yeah you know who you know who does like uh, like beers like that though is brewers. Yes, they do. Just something that you can finish a shit and just fucking crack it and don't even think about it. I love that. Yep. Yeah, the brew, it's definitely a brewer. That's a great – particularly like at some where you're working in a brew. It's 40 degrees outside. You're working in this brew house. It's probably 50 degrees in there, maybe harder. I can probably exaggerate it, but you get the point. Like it's it's yeah and, and, and you know you're you're doing a bu- like you're doing a bunch of physical labor the whole like the whole time like like you want like a light crispy crusher like that oh yeah it's it's a beaut yeah man it's definitely like and I just I've had it there for a bit I've been meaning to get to it and I thought this is a good way just to to try something different from them and show it off I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan I know you've been a uh, a big fan from what you've had as well great people yeah um. And they're all, they're all lovely, the team, and they're really passionate too, and they take their stuff really, really serious. And I appreciate them a lot. So any love I can give them here, I'm, uh, I'm here for you. Know? So yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's definitely clear that they um, like that they take what they do very seriously. I mean that um, that craft logger 
uh, the, the like mix pack that like that they've got with the, like with their core lineup. It's like it's just great, yeah. and um, and I love that uh, that like it includes like the Vienna Lager was far and away the best uh, like it, in my opinion, um, and to have that in your like in your core lineup, it like is just great. Yeah, man. And just that mixer pack in and of itself with the Hellas, the Vienna, the Dunkel, like a Munich Dunkel and the uh, Black Lager. It's like a fantastic yeah. mix of stuff. Something for all the flavor profiles. And, you know, if you, obviously I imagine you drank it sort of at, through the flavor wheel. And it, it was, it's just like they were all really well executed, nicely balanced. Having them all back to back was really cool because you could really start to taste those nuances between – like when your palate isn't sort of being ruined by other things and just going, starting from that light hellas and then moving through, it was um, just really impressive. And I feel like, I don't know if I told you this, but I heard about, I knew of them before and I might've bought one of their beers from the LCBO back in the day. But when I'm, you know, asking my little engagement questions on Instagram, like what's your favorite crispy boy and all that bullshit. A lot of people, like a significant volume of people responded with on flame. And I think yeah. I was just like, I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. Like I have to try it. But luckily like uh, Kira reached out and, and sent me a bunch of stuff. And then I was like, wow, this shit is great. Do you guys want to be on the podcast? So that worked out pretty well. Um, and it was, I thought it was worth, I was so impressed with the beer. I was like, I mentioned to and because they were taking it so seriously, they were having team meetings about the podcast and really making sure they were like, they had all their info down. I just loved how serious they all took it and, and how prepared they were and, that's why I offered them the podcast companion. So if people don't know uh, the last, well, I guess for the last two, three, four months, something like that, Nate has been yep. writing a, so whatever we drink on the podcast, I'll interview a brewery. Nate will review those same beers in depth in writing for the BMS blog and also take some great original photography as well. So it's been like a nice thing, you know, we drop the podcast and then maybe three, four weeks later, you drop the, uh, the podcast companion and it brings it back up and maybe people who missed it the first time get to, to see it. Maybe they'll read the beers like, wow, these sound amazing. Oh, they're talking about it with the owners. That's cool. And, and going in and checking out the podcast from there. I think it's just like a, a cool package of content for, for, to make sure everyone gets to see as you know, many of the episodes. I feel like we talked to some pretty cool people, man. And um, I know we put out a lot of content, so maybe sometimes people miss some stuff. So I feel like this is a good way to, to remind him. You did a great job, man. I'm glad, and I'm glad you felt more than oh, anything. I'm glad you felt the same way because I was super impressed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah, really solid shit. So we've actually we spent like 22 minutes doing a, uh, a product read and introducing our beers. Look, because we're just hanging the fuck out. I love this. Um, we got a bunch of topics we're going to talk about tonight. We picked a bunch of things. Obviously, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit and see where it goes as well. But we got a few things we want to make sure we touch on. And the great thing, just to come back, you know, to what we were saying earlier, like I don't get, I don't do this very often. It's been a really busy year. People have, for whatever reason, a lot of breweries have wanted to be on. Um, and um, I guess I might as well say this now. Next week, after next week, we're going to stop. The, the last podcast is the Thursday. Then we're going to stop the lives for the, the rest of the summer. We feel like. Things are open. People are out and about. These are the quarantine edition was intended to be something for people to do on those Friday and sometimes Thursday nights when ain't shit open. It's cold. There's nowhere to go. You've got your beers at home. You can just sit back and, and watch this stuff live. So Tiff and I are going to produce a series over the uh, over the summer. So it'll probably take a couple of weeks just off because I'm still, oh, you know, Nate, but like, and I'm not, I'm not complaining, but doing like 
these you know, often two lives a week. I have another podcast that's live on Mondays. And then obviously if anyone follows us on Instagram, we do a uh, Instagram live every other Tuesday with Nate, uh, Noah from Beerism and uh, Chris from Hops and Bros called The Chinwag. So sometimes I'm live four times a week and it's um, it's a lot, you know, and it takes that's a lot. lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's fun. It's more than half your week. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's, it's cool, but it's like, it makes you have to be on time for stuff. You got to like, you know, if maybe you're just running late that day, you go, oh, fuck, now i got to shove food down my face and make sure I have a foundation because we're about to drink for two hours or so and blah, blah, blah. So it's been a um, – it's been really fun doing it, but I need a break personally. I'm um, even told like my brother and uh, Dan, who people might know as well, is uh, my co-host on the other podcast. I'm like, boys, can we take a couple of weeks off just so I can match it with BOS because need to breathe, man. It's, so I'm looking forward to the summer break. And when we come back to doing – so the adjunct series is just is going to be forever. It's just my way to do random shit that I feel like I might just be like, ah, we've got no series. I'm just going to do random stuff and be like, yo, Nate, let's jump on. Or pod, um, breweries will reach out and I'll interview breweries. But I definitely want to do more of, of these type of things. I think they're fun and I think people want to see them. Um, and I don't yeah. know if I'm going to do them live, I guess. I think we'll just pre-record them. Unless people are like, no, 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 please do lives. I think we'll just pre-record them without having to sort of worry about a super strict time and, and all that stuff. But they'll basically be the same shit. And I'll just upload the audio yeah. and the video on the same day. So that was just some housekeeping for, uh, for folks. Um, I'm speaking of Dan. There he is. He's like, you work hard. You deserve a break. Thanks, bro. And thanks for being. See, Dan was down. He was like, again, we'll take a couple of weeks off. So he's a champion. Um, so with that in mind... Uh, we, what I was going to say was we don't really get to just like yap and talk. There's a bunch of topics and shit that's happening in beer that we don't really get to talk about on the podcast yep. because it's all interviews and obviously uh, we're focusing on that brewery. So we got some cool things that just, uh, well, I don't know if cool is really the word. <laughs> we have some stuff that uh, we're going to discuss and um, yep. I'm just, I can't find the fucking notes for this one. Where is the note, Nathaniel? I don't see it here. I don't know where your note is. Do you have? Didn't we have a shared note? Oh, it was in a text. My fault. Yeah, it was. It was just in a text. Yeah, that's and it wasn't. Uh, and it wasn't very long. It was just, like it was just our topic there list. Is. Yeah, there it is. I found it now. I'm sorry. I thought I had a note. I am going off my head, mate. It's, it's wild. So the first thing we're going to talk about is something that's a little more serious, and something that probably went down. When did it all start? Like a month ago, maybe, maybe longer. Yeah, yeah, about that. You want to kick it off and explain it all? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, if uh, if you pay, if you paid attention to any corner of beer social media, they, they, like you, you no doubt um, know about uh, about what's been going on. Um, like a month or so ago, stories started to uh, they, like started getting shared, and it was primarily like primarily being shared um, uh, they, like from one account. Um, it's a woman named uh, named Brienne, who's the brewer at Notch Brewing in um, somewhere in Massachusetts. I can't remember. I, I can't remember the city, but it's Notch Brewing. And when she was sharing, uh, she was sharing stories um, that other women in the brewing industry um, like had shared with her story uh, stories about about harassment, about, uh, uh, like about sexist treatment, uh, like anything ranging from, uh, like from sexist comments to, um, uh, like to harassment, to aggression, to physical abuse, um, 
uh, like and and going on and get, and going on and on and uh, like and getting worse from there. It's um, it uh, like they are distressing stories to read, um, and uh, like it, it kind of really like it really exploded because as soon as. Um, more people were sharing more and more and more people started sharing, uh, like started sharing their stories with her and she, uh, like, and she kept on sharing and it kind of blew up to the point that it really, like, that it really, uh, um, like it sparked a, 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 like a long overdue reckoning um, on that, like on sexism and harassment and abuse that that, like that happens in the the, like that is just rampant in like in all areas of the beer industry it was bad man and there's a lot of big names um there was probably hundreds and hundreds of stories and a lot of big names were implicated a lot of them ended up some people left so some of the ones the the larger ones were i I think she actually didn't just before I get to that, it started, I think she started sharing her story. Something happened and set her off and she shared her story. So I think yeah. she was, I forgot. I read a, an article that she had uh, given an interview with somebody from like good beer hunting or something, I think. And something had happened from memory. It's I'm apologies for not remembering exactly, but she was, an, an incident happened. She was like, I right, fuck, I'm going to tell my story. I think she had multiple stories. So she told her story and then that got, her inundated um, with other women in the industry who've been messaging her and she was screenshotting them, uh, scribbling out their name and you know keeping it private and then reposting them to the point where her stories were like little pin dots type of thing, like ridiculous. Oh yeah, it, it, it was insane how many there were. Really oh, and awesome. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even mention her, uh, the, the, like her Instagram. That was the, the, that was silly of me. Like at Rat Magnet is the, the, the like is her like is her Instagram. That's the what uh, like that's it's been the like the starting point of all of this. And I hope for her on, on a side note. When I first saw her, I think she had two or three thousand followers, and now she's over sixty, sixty um, k. So she really garnered a lot of attention in a very short amount of time. And I hope for her sake that she's able to, and they started a, um, a, a new page, but I think it was for, I keep forgetting it started with E and it was something basically a place where they, that account is telling the stories now, instead of her doing it, moving it from her personal account. So I hope she's able to do some good with it and use this new elevated platform that she has to create something and, and hopefully bring in and force some change in craft beer across the yep. world, not just in the States. So there were some really big ones and super disappointing ones, to be honest. And I think every beer, not just, I think there's two sides of it. There's because if, if you know the people behind them, you're like, Oh, I did it. And you were surprised. That's the disappointing. But on the other side, it was, um, uh, it was just breweries that you were passionate about that you visited, that you'd spent money on and that you had loved. And now all you've got their fucking t-shirt or something. And now you're like, God damn it. Yep. I even wear it. Yeah, Bruce Murray, shouts to Bruce, is in the building. He's like, thanks for bringing this to my attention, mate. This is, uh, yeah, Rat Magnet, Bruce, if you want to check her stuff out. Uh, definitely worth it. And some of the ones that I that, that made some um, changes immediately were Tired Hands, unfortunately, in uh, Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Yep. I have their T-shirt. I went there a couple of years ago. I loved it. The beers are exceptional. But apparently the dude's named Jean or Gene, I'm not sure. I think people call him Gene. But apparently he's... Uh, a known prick, abuser, whatever. Um, I believe he stepped down. 
the owner or founder of uh, Modern Times in uh, California, yeah. San Diego. Same deal. Uh, they stepped down. One of the most unfortunate ones as well, which sort of was a little vague, was uh, Sean Hill of Hilton Farmstead. He apparently had done some shit. He kind of denied it. And then I think they kind of just went to business as usual, um, which was the weirdest yeah. one. But Tired Hands and, uh, and Modern Times were both had these long things that they posted from the company, from the staff, because you got to really think a lot of the people who were doing this. Oh, the staff, people, yeah. Well, exactly. The staff were writing, but the people who were implicated were typically in a position of power, right? So these were people who had power over, you know, employees so they were often either managers or owners or uh, anything what do you need okay um and these people were not you know so the staff were just so unfairly treated and they weren't you know if you think about that like this and you're like fuck i work for this brewery i love my job and all of a sudden the the owner's outed as a an actual abuser like how, you know, it's terrible for the staff. They're like, oh, well, am I going to lose my job? I just went through a pandemic where everything was closed for so long. Um, and and it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty upsetting. So a lot of these messages on the social media accounts of the breweries came from the staff and they, you know, it seemed like immediately impl- uh, implemented um, training programs, uh, things for allowing people to speak up all these different things. And the one that happened over the last two days, which I'm super upset about because we had them on the podcast was uh, O'Connor Brewing in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. We had Kevin O'Connor and he's on the podcast. He was lovely to us. He treated us like fucking kings and queens. And he was implicated himself personally as, as one of the offenders of this, which I'm extraordinarily disappointed to hear. You never know, man. You never know. If, you know, people are... It's very different. You know, you, you get one side of them, particularly people like us, and you go to a brewery and everyone's always going to be nice to you, but it's very different when you're working for them. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, re- like, it, it's really upsetting. Um, and it's one of those things that as, like, as men in the industry, it's something that is – all too easy to overlook or to like, or to assume that um, like, like it's, it's men are too quick to assume that like, these are like, that these are isolated incidents that, uh, that like, you know, that like, that these stories are uh, like, you know, are really bad, like are really bad one-offs or like, you know, it's like one bad person, but but like, like what I think this, the, like what I think has happened in the past, uh, like in the past month or so, has really opened our eyes to is the fact that this is happening everywhere in all, uh, like in all corners of the brewing world. Yeah. Um, that like the type of shit that women, like that women are dealing with, um, is like and from the, like from their employers, it's it's sickening. Um, and uh, like and like you say, this is very often happening, um, like in the more seri- like in the more serious cases from people in power, and it's it's an important reminder that um, that like you need to believe women when they like when they tell these stories. There is nothing for them to gain. But like by telling these stories, because all you need to do is 
and, and like, and this is an extra sickening part is when you see con- like stuff like this come out is watching the, the, like, it's just a matter of time every single time when you watch the comments roll in of like of men saying like like why does everything have to like you know have to be about blank like just stick to beer if they make like you know if they make good beer like that's all I care about like that shit is everywhere in this it's like and it's disgusting they they get nothing they they get nothing but abuse when they like when they share stories like this so it's an important it's an important reminder to like if like if a woman is going to be brave enough to share such a deeply upsetting and traumatic story like that, it's it's it has to be it has to be an eye opening and this like and this reckoning that the industry is facing, just like the reckoning that it faced last year, is long overdue. Um, and uh, like, and it's just a reminder of how like of how far we have to go. Um, and, and like, and there's been a number of things that have uh, like that have kind of spawned out from this, like um, like Jake Clark, um, yes. girl named Jake on like on all her social channels, um, shared a bunch of really really great resources of how breweries can like of how breweries can implement meaningful policies to make safe workspaces for uh, for women um and, and like and not even just for women but all the, like you know for um uh like like for people of color for pe- uh, like for people of the lgbtq community um like everything like that share like sharing a bunch of really really great really helpful resources for breweries and uh, like and all that and uh, like and of course she's getting hate on the, the like in, like in response to that too from uh, the, the like from asshole men uh, like she shared um in her stories like some really really aggressive prick who like who was responding back with some like like with some really really hateful and threatening um uh, like stuff so it's it's deeply deeply disturbing um and it, it like it, it just goes to show you that like it's mm. so so not uh, like not an open and inclusive space um and it's mm. it like and it's very often not a safe space for women i could even take it as far as hospitality period i've worked in a number of restaurants and bars um yeah in my early days in in toronto specifically and i'm not like a um, hospitality dude like I'm not like you know some people are like career hospitality folk but like my experience in this industry like it's you get treated like fucking dirt it's really really crazy to me how gross people are treated so then if you add any any other minority factor to it such as uh, ethnicity or, or gender it's or, or even sexual orientation I can imagine I can only imagine how that is if I'm a straight white male and I felt like shit in that industry. So imagine even beer, it's a smaller, yep. uh, probably almost less regulated because restaurants are a little more like looked on, I think. And, and I feel like in the brewery industry, that type of stuff is a little, you know, it's such a blokey place, you know, at least the restaurants are pretty even from, from as far as like, gender at the very least. Whereas breweries just typically mostly do. Well, I, I, I mean, I mean, it's a little more even, but if you, but like, look at the, look at what the more likely percentage of roles are though. 
Uh, like, like in most, uh, like in most restaurants, the same way in beer, like women are uh, like are Front more often than not, like disproportionately going to be like going to be the, the, like people who are serving tables or uh, like are behind the bar, and like the like, like and the amount of shit that they have to put up with from uh, like from aggressive men or uh, like men that uh, like that are just. Like joking, like jokingly catcalling, or unwell, like unwelcome flirting, or saying like being outright aggressive and threatening, and like and all that. Like it, it happens constantly. It's yeah, man. And even like you get the visuals when you read these stories, and you get the visuals, and some of these were really well presented, and you just like shudder. It's disgusting. Like really, what what people are going through, what women are going through with this shit. So it's really sad that the the industry had to be like this is not exactly not expected. Uh, you know, I kind of wouldn't expect anything less. None of it was surprising. I was more disappointed to hear that, you know, the, the breweries that we particularly loved or some breweries that we particularly loved, um, you know, were, uh, you know, involved in this type of behavior. And like you said, even more disappointing was the response from these fuckwits on Jake's posts and, and so on and so forth. And even like the ones in the groups that, you're always talking, you mentioned earlier where people are like, come on, man, it's just about beer. I'm here for beer, not politics or whatever. I'm like, whilst I understand where they're coming from, like this is human, this is human shit. And, and you can't deny human shit because if this, if this terrible things are happening to fellow human beings and how the fuck can you just sit there and talk about beer when you know that all of these things are happening? Yeah. It's, it's a, like, it's it's always the same thing, right? The only people who would say like like I'm just here for the beer, are like it's always going to be straight white dudes. It's going to be the like it's going to be the ones who are like who are never impacted, uh, like by by these kinds of things. So like yes. like it's it's the same old shit every single time. Every time, um, it doesn't change. Every time. Yeah, like uh, like uh, there were conversations in that one, uh, like in that one big Facebook group that we all uh, like, uh, like that that we all know about, where when people were trying to have meaningful conversations and uh, like and whatnot, uh, like you you saw complaints of some things getting shut down by admins, um, and uh, like and things saying uh, saying that like come on, we're, like it's just here for the beer and all that. Like if they, like if there's one thing to take away from any like from any of these things is that it should never be just about beer like like this is like like these are real human issues and it like it's none of it is like like none of it should be overtaken by just by being just about beer facts exactly it's um, yeah, yeah. Go. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Please, I was just going to riff off what you were saying. But keep no, I'm, I was going to say I wanted to call out um, a good um, initiative that like that happened. I think it was even just yesterday, or maybe it was the day before. Um, but uh, there was an initiative that uh, was started by Together We're Bitter, um, which is a brewing co-op out in uh, like out in KW. Um, they arranged for bystander intervention training um, with a woman named Julie Lalonde, who does the, the like who does this kind of training. Like she's given similar uh, like similar workshops at uh, like at um, 
at the Royal Military College, which she has talked about, uh, like on Twitter, like getting, um, like getting lots of really like hateful, abusive responses to like to that, like which of course that like should not be surprising, right. um, and like in a number of other places as well. But uh, but uh, so together we're better arranged uh, for her to. Uh, deliver a workshop and they invited breweries across Ontario to join in as well, like to join in on that workshop to uh, like to receive this, uh, this training that she, uh, like that she was going to deliver and over 50 breweries um, in, in the province uh, joined in for it, which was uh, like, which is a really good thing to, a uh, good thing to see. Um, it was it, like, it's a good um, thing to, see them signing on for uh, like acknowledging the issues in the industry and working to uh, like, and working to, to really make it better. Yeah, man. I saw that today as well. And like, obviously Dominion are usually ahead of the game with the type of stuff. So it wasn't surprising to see them doing something great like this. So, I mean, there's usually out of these terrible things come something a little more positive. Hopefully it's lasting change. I know that we've seen with the, uh, you know, um, diversity and inclusion stuff. It's a slow roll. I imagine this will be a slow uphill battle that people just need to be, uh, consistently pushing. And it sort of feels like both the, uh, DNI and this stuff need to be kind of packaged together and just pushed across the board for yeah. just, just for a quality. I don't know who the fuck wants to keep living in a world where people aren't equal. It's ridiculous. It's archaic. It's, it's insane in this day and age. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. And it's, it's one of those things of like, even on that, like, it's one of those things of women who work in the, uh, like in the industry, even if hopefully they haven't, like they haven't experienced like really traumatic harassment and uh, like, or anything worse than that. But even like, like, I don't think there's a single woman in the industry who hasn't um, experienced some form of mocking or questioning of their, uh, like of their credentials or their abilities to uh, uh, or their abilities or like, do you even drink beer or uh, like, or can you even lift that keg or whatever, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, or the, like, or the, like all of the, like all of the women brewers and brewery owners that we know, like will post constantly about getting questions of like asking to speak to their husband, assuming that, uh, like assuming that he's the one who runs the show, um, uh, like, and, uh, like, and all of that shit, like read, uh, like read the posts from people like Aaron Broadfoot at, um, at little beasts or like, or Mandy Murphy at left field or, um, uh, Mary Beth Keefe at, at the granite, like, like, like all of these, um, uh, like women, uh, brewers and uh, like, and brewery owners, they experience this at every single stage of the industry. And so does every single woman who's worked in any level in a brewery, whether like, whether they're front of house, whether they're brewing, whether it's social media, whatever part of the industry they work in. Mm. That's it. It's never ending stories, which is like, that really kind of sums up where it's all at, right? Like these stories are, there shouldn't be this many. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm glad. Yeah. It's, it's great that um, Brianne brought this to the public attention in such a unintentional, organic way. It's not like she had this platform beforehand. So, uh, 
I love to and see And I'm sure that. she didn't want to be doing this. No, I can imagine it took over her life and it probably took a significant toll on her uh, mental health in that time as well. Like it could not, oh, and just weighing on her, on her shoulders, it'd just be, it'd just be heavy to know that she dealt with yep. it and that now maybe people weren't ready for this and she obviously didn't expect this level of um, attention given to it. But it seems like she's riding with it, doing her thing and, uh, yep. you know, it's all positive. So with that... I know you haven't quite finished because I did pick a shorty. Are you cool to move on to the next one? BOS, sorry. Yep, I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. Love it. Um, do you mind grabbing the next bit? It's Chronicle. It's down the bottom and it's like a pretty – what color is the can? Purple? You go grab yours. I'll keep the people uh, entertained. Yeah, um, it, I, think, I think it's mostly black. Mostly black? I'll go, okay, I'll go grab mine. Be right back. No worries. That's it, I think. Chronicle and there's something about a monster or some shit. Thank you very much. The Flatwoods monster. That's cool. It looks like sort of indigenous art kind of playing on the last thing. So we had Chronicle on the podcast like last week or the week before, I think. We did actually get to drink this one, but Nate happened to to get a can. Um, so I was happy to, to know that he had it, which is very, very cool. How did you get this beer, by the way? Uh, this was a this was a lucky find at uh, Friends of the Dominion. Love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have this. I was just saying we had him on the podcast a week or two ago. Such great dudes, super cool. Um, all their beers. I'm so impressed with Chronicle, man. Like, and this art does this look like indigenous art almost as well? Uh, I, I I don't think I would have I don't think I would have said that, but it looks like the Australian indigenous art a little bit with a lot of the lions and oh, the I see. Okay, that. I, I apologize because that's when I think of indigenous. That's what I think of immediately, and uh, it reminds me of that. But yeah, these guys are like haze lords. They're sours of fire. They're um, uh, you know they just don't fuck around. I uh, I, I love their labels. It, like it's very clear right from like right from the start that they're definitely video game nerds and uh, like and I think like horror movie nerds and uh, like and stuff like that as well. And it's very apparent in their labels. <laughs> they mentioned that they are um, like the Dungeons and Dragons kind of dudes. Yeah, that, that, that you know what that tracks. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. Well, I, see. I well, you, you, you know what? I feel like these guys, like these guys are my type. Um, yeah. uh, like, like you're talking to someone who played Magic the Gathering in high school. So, I've heard of that. Was that like a card game thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of their labels were inspired by um, those type of games. And I remember – I wasn't sure if I was thinking of them. They were a little uh, – vague about it intentionally and, and fair enough. I was like, aren't you guys, what, didn't you guys do a lot of labels that are basically a cease and desist waiting to happen? And <laughs> they were like, yeah, you know, maybe it kind of was type of thing. Um, uh, they, they kind of like, like, don't say that too loudly. Kind of yeah, thing. they're like, shh. But I guess because all of their stuff, they don't have anything in distro. So I can, you know, usually those are the, the breweries who roll the dice a little, uh, a little more with um, the cease and desist type of stuff. Yep. Have you had Chronicle before this beer, though? This is my first Chronicle beer, believe it or not. Okay. Let's see, because there's no info on the can at all. I want to see if there's anything on uh, something that you're not a fan of, Untapped. I just saw people talking mad yeah. shit about Untapped on uh, Facebook before. 
I saw that. I saw that as well. I won't. I, like I, I won't say his name. He probably doesn't want us to out him on here. But I did say. Like, yeah. I did see someone, someone we both know saying something yeah. like that. Yeah. He wasn't uh, happy about it. I felt like he didn't really have reasoning. Except that it's just like poisonous. I'm like, yeah, but I do get it. It's just not not everyone is poison on there. I just like I don't do shit. I just go in there, check in. Try to get see. I needed to know what hops are in it, and it's on untapped. It's got mosaic and eldorado. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it, like there, there's no doubt that it that it can be a good resource. You know what? We, like, we probably shouldn't go to like too uh, too in the weeds on that. It's a conversation we've had before. We have. Go check our video on it. I forgot it's on the channel. Well, like you said, a bad thing on it. And with that said, Nathaniel. Can we get yeah, this? Yeah, I think I think it was a I think it was a let's argue or something like that. It was. Yeah, let's do it. Get in, yeah. Nice. I wonder how old this is. I kind of maybe getting a bit of like older vibes. I can't tell. There's no date on the can. Maybe a maybe a little. Yeah, it kind of feels like it might be just, so, just a little. Give me a little bit of older, older vibes, but you, you, you know what? It's one of those things of if I uh, like of if I had had it um, without knowing the style, I probably would have guessed pale ale instead of um, I- instead of IPA, right? Um, be, like because it feels uh, like a little bit more mellow, a little bit more uh, toned down on the like on the hot profile. It's still very enjoyable. Um, what I get off of it is uh, like I'm getting melon mostly. Yeah, I'm getting that at too. the uh, like at the forefront, but it does have um, like a bright. It does have a bright citrus component as well, um, which is uh, which is definitely elevating it. But I like yeah, I would have called this a pale ale if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't looked at the style. It's six percent, so it's not too far outside of um, pale ale territory. It just feels a little muted. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I agree. Which could just be, yeah. I, I don't believe they stamp their uh, their cans, unfortunately. Which I always feel like is such an important thing, just just particularly for this style. I mean, not every canning machine has that ability, so I do understand. Um, yep, I just feel like it's like a handy, just a handy little tool for, particularly for these type of beers, just so we know where it's at and make sure that it's consumed fresh. Um, it might have just been sitting. I don't think I had it that long. I think I got it the week of the podcast with them, so I've only had it for less than two weeks. So, either way, not solo, man. Like, like Chronicle do some really great haze. I've been super impressed. Their body is great. Like, this is incredibly smooth. Definitely, it is very smooth. Yes, it's got the little, um, yeah, you, yeah. you know what? You know what? It also is too. Uh, what did you say the hops were? Mosaic and El Dorado. Mosaic and El Dorado. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm getting vibes similar to um, Frequency Bicycles uh, uh, Pale Ale that we uh, that we had last week when they were on. They're all El Dorado Pale Ale. I'm getting a similar vibe uh, from this um, in the same way that like it's quite dry. Um, there's not a lot of sweetness to it, which is like which is quite nice and something that is less common. Um, in a lot, like in a lot of haze these days, so um, I think that might be the Eldorado vibe like going on with this here. Interesting. I guess I never really thought too much about Eldorado specifically, as far as sort of what it offers. I had, I imagine like we would have had like a monogamy or something, or one of those single hop 
beers with Eldorado. I just don't recall off the top of my head. Uh, and yeah. of course, they change over time. If this beer has been around for four weeks, for example, it might just be the way that it kind of changes over time. It's giving me a lot of that overripe fruit uh, vibe, but definitely you're 100% on the melon and the citrus on, on this yeah. one for sure. Um, but it's a good indicator. I feel like this isn't an indication of the quality of what they typically do. But their uh, yeah, their beers overall, I'm super impressed, man. Even their crispy boys, they've been doing them. Like right now, they said they have like 19 beers on tap, which is crazy. Yeah, I've said like I've seen them have that before. Like they've had like they seem to always have a huge tap selection, which is which is pretty crazy. Yeah, they uh, they do. I think they just pump out a lot. Of Are we definitely? Yep, and, and we definitely know their team lactose too. They've got because they've definitely got at least one milkshake IPA, which like which I've seen them have out on a semi regular rotation. Oh yes, we were talking about that during the podcast. I said they're going to shoot some over when they're about they're about to drop one. I forgot what the flavor. Maybe it was just vanilla or something. Um, but apparently they they were saying the the milkshakes are pretty good, and I feel like you know <laughs> as you and I know we don't really get them super frequently these days. I mean, Mil- uh, Bellwoods has been dropping milk sharks that have already kind of been done like the last one i still have one left in the fridge of um raspberry they brought the raspberry back and that hasn't been around since like 2018 yep. they brought the tangerine back they did the great the grape one was new like concord grape was new but yeah so bellwoods are doing them seems to be through over the summer like around once a month maybe i don't know if there's anything else they're yep. working on now i haven't seen it but yeah they're doing a lot of uh this they're doing them sorry they're not doing a lot of of uh this this style period obviously outside that but i feel like it's don't yeah i don't see it a lot i feel like it's pretty much a very niche thing now yeah yeah i mean, I mean milkshake ipas are kind of yesterday's news nowadays um they're, they're, like you're saying they like they like the odd brewery is still doing them and like the ones who do it as part of a series like bellwoods and bicycle are still gonna have they like are still gonna have them every now and then but they're uh yeah Lactose is not like is not quite the wild ingredient in what like it once was, which like but you know is not a bad thing because there's less people bitching about it now than there was. Right, it got to a point. I feel like we uh, yeah we could take a bit of credit for the rise in popularity or discussion of lactose with our incessant posts about it in the Team Lactose Twitter account and, and, and obviously the opposition from Chris and Noah as well. But I kind of feel like at first, you and me were starting to get just annoyed with people because people would be really aggressive online about it and we didn't know if they were serious or not. I think most people turned out yeah. to be kind of joking, but it was like, I don't know, it started to get annoying for a bit there because like it was just too much like, it's just an ingredient, but it was like too much negativity around it. Well, you know what? There's other stuff that, like, there's other stuff that that negativity gets fo- like gets focused to for the like for the type of people who uh, uh, like who are determined to be negative, they'll uh, they'll find something. But we'll, but we'll have more to say on that later. Yes, we will indeed. And uh, on that note, the next uh, thing we're going to talk about, I guess we might as well uh, get this in order. The um, breweries opening back up, which is pretty uh, pretty dope. The world seems to yeah. be very slowly but surely um, coming back to normal. Um, and that, but well, I guess Ontario and Quebec, we have opened a little bit sooner than you guys, but we had patios open up June, 
like end of May or the first week of June. I think it was like June 7th when indoor dining reopened again. Um, so far, right. cases have, because I was interesting, obviously I'm, I'm COVID conservative, so uh, I like to just sit back and watch and see what happens when things change. There are others who are like, fuck that, I need a patio now. So then, you know, that's great because the breweries and restaurants need the need the business, which is you know, which is fantastic. I imagine society's kind of balanced in that way. But so far, so good. I think, man. I think it's been pretty pretty positive with the numbers. The numbers are low, lower than I've seen it, like around 100, 150 ish here in Quebec, which is pretty wild. It hasn't been that good since July or August, and it could be that. Um, the, the vaccine rates have gone up and I know that it doesn't stop it spreading, but it stops, I guess, people not knowing that they have it. So therefore they're not reporting cases or if they are, there's just less things going around. I'm not too sure what it might be, or it could just be the goddamn restaurants and, and breweries are not the breeding grounds that perhaps the, the government who or whoever made the decision to shut them for it might be. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so we uh, have, uh, yeah, we're so like you were saying, we're a little bit behind here, uh, like here in Ontario, which is yeah. which is fine by me. I'm I, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not. Uh, You're conservative, like uh, like, me, like, right? like you. I'm very like I'm very very cautious on like on this stuff. Like I have not hit a patio yet. Um, I'm uh, like I'm. I'm glad for the I'm glad for the breweries and the restaurants that were like that were able to open. Um, I, like I know it's like it's meant a lot to uh, uh, to them to be able to serve people uh, like to be able to serve people on site. Um, we here in Ontario like patios um, have opened back up as of uh, either a week or two like, weeks ago. I'm, yeah, I think it's a week. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a week. I'm having trouble keeping track, right. uh, but but yeah. So it, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it was a week. So yeah, it's been open. It's been open for a week now. Like outdoor dining only. Indoor dining has not opened back up yet. That's going to be part of the next stage of the reopening, which I think um, is coming no sooner than like than three weeks from when the patios opened. Um, so and, and like like and our caseload is still uh, like is still going down here too. Um, like we're now hovering around three or four hundred cases a day, which is like back around uh, the, like the numbers that we had in September. That's pretty um, good. It's really 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 good to see uh, like to see numbers going down. Um, and uh, like yeah, like like vaccination rates have been extremely high in the last uh, like in the last couple of weeks, which uh, like which is great. Um, and uh, availability is continue uh, like is continuing to open up. So all good news. Um, and, and, and like I was saying, it's just been really, really good, um, for the breweries. I, uh, like it, it always, it, like, it makes me a little nervous. Um, like, uh, like the idea of going to a patio, which is why I'm still yeah. holding off for a little bit. Um, I'll probably, uh, like I'll probably be waiting a few more weeks before, uh, like before I'm comfortable to hit one, but, um, but I'm glad to see, breweries being uh, being able to serve people again it's but like it, it means so much to them to be able to like to be able to serve people on site um yeah, something yeah. else i'll yes yeah, like something else i'll note as well is mad respects to the breweries that 
are not open on day one, who are being more cautious, even as business owners, which takes a huge, uh, like, which takes a huge amount of, I think, um, they, 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 they deserve a huge amount of credit for kind of taking things really cautiously and slowly. It's uh, like, it shows a lot um, in a business model where, the, like where they really, really value the safety of their employees and their like and their customers to um, like to be very cautious about how they approach their reopening and very deliberate about how they approach their reopening. Um, Godspeed in Toronto are ones that like that have been that way throughout Dominion City here in Ottawa have like have been exactly the same. They've not served people on site. Um, since March of last year, they uh, they actually they actually just today opened up an outdoor beer garden, and it's the first time that they've served people on site since March of 2020. Yes. So it's it's good to like it's good to see when like when the breweries are being cautious about it. That's something I really appreciate. I couldn't agree more. I've seen I, I forget some of the others, but I've definitely seen others opt not to. Uh, to, to rush ahead. I think also they didn't get a lot of notice from the government as well, which happened last time. They, they didn't. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're absolutely right. The notice was very, like was very last minute. It was like something on the Wednesday that they were allowed to, like that they were allowed to open on the Friday. And that, like, that's the kind of thing, like who the fuck has time to get that? I like to get kegs ready, to get food ready, to make sure you have enough staff, all like all of that shit. It's insane. It's, it's insane. Yeah, they really do. Uh, Beard and Bozo are saying we have 15 cases in North Bay today, which is way more than I know. We have 50k people. It's in, around an outbreak in our jail. So I guess that's the type of shit that is bound to happen. I guess we just have to figure out how to uh, manage that. The interesting thing, I always was uh, ranting about how Australia and New Zealand had it right because they managed to get rid of everything and were in sports stadiums back in like September last year. This was long before a vaccine um, existed. So I was like, okay, well, obviously we're missing something. But then they were letting Australians come back from India and uh, obviously, you know, the the variant from there is quite uh, different and uh, very intense, I believe, and and it's really fucking people up. So people were coming back on, on those flights and they put them in these quarantine hotels and I believe in that sort of process of transporting them out of the, the flight, the airport into the hotel, some of the staff got it and then the, uh, they spread it around because they didn't know they had it at first. And then they just locked down again. They locked down for two weeks. So I'm like, well, it doesn't really seem like a great way to operate either, where you're like as soon as some cases pop up, you just shut everything down um, you know, out of the blue. So it's, it's an interesting uh, you know, societal problem that we're going to have to figure the fuck out Hopefully it's something that we can manage and that everyone comes together on it. But you know, bringing it back to the beer world, yes, it's 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 nice to know. Even though, and I imagine I'd be curious to see what you think about this, dude. But all we can do, the funnest thing in our life, is going for a walk. There's literally that's that's the as good as it gets right now. And uh, walking yep. around our neighborhood, as much as I'm not going to participate in it, I enjoy seeing people on the patios and having a good time and and doing their thing. And I'm just sort of like, it, it's a feeling of normalcy that I didn't know that I wanted to see. If that makes sense. 
Did you? Yeah. You feel the same way? Yep. I yeah. I I, I feel you there. Um, it, it's one of the, it's one of those things that it makes me feel happy to see people uh, like on patios enjoying a beer, and particularly, um, you know, when I'm seeing like if I'm seeing on Instagram or I'm looking at stories of my like some of my favorite breweries. And like, and the people there on the patio are just so happy to be there. Um, it's a, uh, it's a good thing to see. It's something that I really like that I really want to feel again. Like, um, like I miss my, I miss my favorite breweries. I miss like, like I miss being in there. I, miss, I like, I miss just kind of soaking in the environment of it. Yeah. Um, like the happy people, like the, like the wonderful people, uh, behind the bar who are uh, like, or the folks in the back who are ma- like, who are making the product, like, and just, uh, like, you know, the people who love, like who love the beer as much as, like, as much as we do. And like, and just kind of being able to be in one, like in one place with, like with these people, it's something that I like, that I really miss that I really want to experience again. So seeing people enjoy it is kind of the closest thing that we like that we can get to, to that for now. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much with you on that. Yeah. It's, I, I, I was even talking to Jeff about like, I wonder what it'll take for us to be willing to make that jump. I don't, and I don't really know what that would be yet. And I sort of feel bad because obviously I want to support the breweries and shit and I'm seeing everyone doing, obviously everyone's fine. I'm just, I don't know. The cautiousness in me is not quite there yet. Yeah. And I feel like, and and that's okay. And I feel like some, I've, I feel like everyone's been pretty cool. Like no one's even asked me about patios and stuff like that. And I feel like I've had breweries, to be honest, I've had a couple of breweries ask me offer when we were doing some of the ones we did recently. They're like, Oh, if you want to come by the brewery and I'm just like, yeah, man, like I, I, that's one thing I'm not comfortable doing for a while, at least the remainder of this year. I can't see that being a thing again. And yeah, and, and and my thing on that is you should not feel bad about that. Not mm-hmm. like not even for a second. It's okay. uh, like it's like you you really should not feel bad about that at all. Um, I feel as strongly about that as I like as I do about um, that like not feeling pressure to drink when um, like when like when people are saying things like uh, like the breweries need your like need your business and whatnot. Um, like your health and your comfort around the like around those things has to come first. Yeah. Um, if you want to like what like when you want to support the breweries, there are ways that you can do it while uh, like while still being safe, while still thinking of your health first, while still uh, like while still staying within your comfort zone. Like there is absolutely no reason that you should feel pressure that anyone else should feel pressure to go uh, like to go back before you're comfortable too i couldn't agree more i think that's uh yeah definitely even tiff said nothing wrong with taking it slow that's really what it comes down to it like yeah there's an i think the interesting part though i think there's enough people who have been fucking like itching to get to these patios like shouts to mike from uh, mike beerbrit uh he writes with uh, beerism he's doing a thing i think it was this week where he was only posting uh, beers on draft from patios and i thought good on you man like you're going out you're supporting the breweries and, and around montreal and stuff um and i was like that's great because that's you know a valuable thing to do he obviously feels comfortable uh doing that so 
I was like, that's dope. I'm sure the breweries would be stoked to see that. That's what he's doing, bringing his camera. Yeah. Hanging out at the breweries. And they that. definitely are. They, they definitely are. Because um, I was chatting with Chris, like our friend Chris from Hops and Bros today, because uh, he swung by to do a beer drop. And um, uh, we were chatting for a bit. Uh, for those who don't know, Chris from Hops and Bros works at uh, one of our favorite breweries, Saint-Yen Baron, over in, uh, like over in Elmer, just, uh, like just across the bridge from me here in Ottawa. Um, and, and, like, and he was stoked to be uh, like to have people back, uh, like, like back on their gorgeous patio there, um, like enjoying beers on draft. Like, like they're so happy to like to be able to serve people on on site. And I've been, uh, I noticed that with Chris as well. I haven't spoken to him directly. Yet, but, no, I did speak to him the other day. And do you know what he said to me? And this is actually really cool. We needed to be a drop the other week, I think, because you he comes by and Noah and I for the chinwag stuff. And he was like, he goes, yo, it's an interesting thing that I've noticed. He's like, they close at like 9 p.m. Obviously, people are, you know, in the beer world, we go to a brewery, uh, you know, say in the before times, if we're having like a big night, you'd go to like a brewery to start and then you go to like a beer bar that's open till two or three out here or whatever, right? Like vice versa, you go to Bar Hop in Toronto or Lotry in Gatineau or Lupulus in Ottawa, something like that. Afterwards, it's open like normal bar hours. So, because no one has gone out and nightlife as far as our uh, routines and habits has essentially disappeared. He's like people um, fit like at the brewery, finish their drink, grab a four pack, go the fuck home. Like no one's really yep. like trying to do anything and everyone's so used to doing that. He said, that seems to be it. He goes, every, the only one time they open till 11 PM because people were around, but otherwise it was 9 PM all the time because people aren't trying to stay there all night. They go there, they have their quiet couple beers, maybe grab some food because a lot of them either do food or they have on-site vendors and food trucks and cool stuff like that, which I know St. Kim does a lot of, and uh, grab their beers and go home. I thought that was pretty interesting because people's habits have changed and I wonder if that will continue in the short term and then maybe go back to normal or if some people are more comfortable you know, not being – there's always going to be a faction of people to kind of do both, but you know, maybe the, you know, the younger folks who are like, you know, 21 and just want to go out and go to the bars, they're probably not going to be too afraid and they'll do their thing. Whereas maybe the other people who kind of got used to it are like, ah, I just, I can happily go for a beer on a patio and then head on home and enjoy the rest of my night. So it's uh, interesting to think about the, the habits of drinking habits and consuming habits of people have actually been physically changed yeah. because of this, which is, uh, which is cool. Yep. For better or less. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Um, the other, what was I going to say? As far as like, it was an interesting thing. You were actually, because you were the only, one of the only, in most people that I see online, I feel like are quite aggressive with like going out and doing their thing. And I always find that whenever anyone agrees with me is more conservative, I'm always kind of shocked about it. And you were one of the few people that I'm, I talk to regularly that I align with as far as not being, you know, not wiling out and, and, going straight for it. And um, when you went to visit your in-laws in Ramuski sometime over the summer last year, you were on a patio and I was like, what the fuck, Nate, you're on a patio, what are you doing? And then you sort of explained, because I hadn't really, I didn't not really familiar with all of that area. And that was part of the reason we yeah. decided, we wanted, knew we wanted to go somewhere. So I saw you on there and you were like, yeah, there's X cases here. That was when there was like 50 cases in Montreal type of thing. And, and hardly, literally as soon as you go east, it's like nothing. So I was like, oh, yep. interesting. So we ended up going to 
like that kind of inspired me because I was like, all right, well, if Nate's as cautious, if not more cautious than we are, then if he felt comfortable, then all right. And then we went to Quebec City, and this was in late August, early September, went to Quebec City, which at the time I think had total 1,200 cases in the, in the area, and it was basically nothing. I mean, everything was super cautious. Everything was chill. I mean, sorry, every, nothing, no one was like slacking everything, but it was, it was the first time we went on a, on a brewery, a patio, or indoor dining at the time. And then we went on to um, uh, Gaspé, Gaspésie region, just so far, but so beautiful. And it was, it was cool because um, even there, like they were super strict with COVID precautions and they had 200 cases, not per day. Like we have, like the whole fucking region was 200 cases. Like, like in the whole region. Yeah. yeah. And like in that, we had, we went to stay in this little hotel and the room was that, you know, the lobby part was like as big as like, the average living room, but they wouldn't let me and Tiff inside. It was just one of us was allowed to go and check in, check out. And I was like, that's dope. And I felt super comfortable um, doing all of that. So I guess what I'm saying, I wonder when that feeling will come back, being that we're at 150 odd, it, it fluctuates, you know, I think I saw 120 the other day or back to 170, 190 in Quebec. I know you guys are kind of about double that for now, but it's a matter of time before that drops. I just, I wonder when we'll feel ready to, to go. I mean, I guess it's easier to go into the, uh, if you bugger off somewhere in the sticks, it's probably a little easy because you know that if you're sitting on a patio in the sticks and the chances even here are probably getting it on a patio in the city are slim to none anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when that time comes. For, you know, everyone has their thing. So, yep. Well, yeah. we'll uh, we'll certainly be talking about it. So you know, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm uh, yes. like, like, well, when I hit that point of being comfortable enough to hit a patio. <laughs> I would love to. I know we talk anyway, so you tell me. But I think it's uh, I would just love to hear because it's nice to like just see other folks who are what everyone's comfortable doing. And because when you know, hey, this person's similar to me like that, like oh, do you reckon they would, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's time for, for me to, to do the same thing or whatever, folks. So it is, it is quite uh, appealing. I'm seeing it like, I, even though I'm still not, not I'm not going to do it, but I'm looking like, fuck, that would be nice to sit there and like have a beer yeah. there. Right Particularly some of them are really like nicely boarded off. So like there was one I walked past the other day and they had these like full wooden, like nicely painted, like wooden boards separating, um, people on the patio. But damn, that's safe. On the flip side, I'm not going to sh- call them out because I love this brewery and I know the people. But they had, I walked past and they, there was like eight inches back to back between people on the patio and it was just normal. It wasn't restricted seating. It was exactly what it was two years ago. And uh, I was like, oh, guys, like, I, to me, it kind of feels yeah, like they might just get busted or something. I don't know. Like, I hope they don't. Yeah, that, that ain't it. That ain't it. <laughs> I was like a little shocked that one people are cool doing it. Like, you know, even if there's not much chance, still I'm not trying to be near humans. Um, and that just having that patio, I just, I just thought there were restrictions. I thought you actually had to have a minimum distance um, between. Well, well it, the, the truth is they, pro- they, they, they probably do. And, as they, like, and it's probably not quite following the rules there. <laughs> That, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I won't call them out, but um, hey, man. It's just nice to see things kind of get back to normal and, ho- and hopefully, you know, if this gosh darned weather f- fucking stopped raining, which is typically a June thing. But, uh, you know, just nice vibes when we got to cruise around the city and just uh, see people out here vibing. Just hopefully people keep yeah, behaving. Yeah, really. want to see them keep behaving. So uh, on that note, I know we were sort of 
pushing through. Normally we, we finish the bead. Do you want to move to the next one or do you want to keep sitting on this for a bit? Uh, I think I'm okay to move on to the next one if you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that um, just because I know we were talking a little bit earlier. Normally I try to stick to that every 30, 45 minutes uh, thing there. So this was a very good coincidence that we both happened to uh, have this one. You want to go fetch it? I'll tell people. Do you mind grabbing Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go fetch it. Yeah, no problems. Fun shelf, same thing. So uh, these guys, the next beer we're having is um, from a brewery called Badlands in, I'm not sure where, I forget the town. It's like, um, I think it's up near Niagara Way. And they are, uh, hey, that's it. Thank you so much. They are Hayes Lords. Um, and uh, I split an order with my brother recently because it's really hard for me to get. I don't know these guys or anything. Uh, super hard for me to get them. I've only really tried them a bunch because Nate hooked me up. Uh, and he happened to get some as well. So this is, um, they have this series, this double IPA series every month. They do like rotating uh, hops. So this is pretty dope. Um, have you tried this yet? I have not tried this yet. No. I, I did because I happened. We, they only sell in 12 or 24 packs. And I split a 12 with my brother just so I don't need that much. And... Um, so, because Did I lose you? Are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Nathaniel, Nathaniel, Nathaniel. Hello, sir. I can hear you now. There we go. You got me. Yeah, they only sell them in uh, 12 or 24 packs, which I think I've seen that before. A lot of the American breweries do that. It's very convenient for them, I imagine. And um, you get three of each, four different beers, three of each in the 12. So, because we were splitting in between two people, I had to get two of some and one of the other. So, I ended up getting two of these. And this was fantastic. So uh, I was very happy to hear that you had this one. I was just saying before, the, I'd hardly ever had Badlands. I think I had them maybe once before, and then you'd hook me up a couple of times because uh, you're a fucking champion. Yep. Um, but I don't really get them, so I just want to say I split You know, I try. Right. You do. Well, you succeed. Um, give this to you. Or you want to, yeah. And, uh, yeah, this one is, let me check untapped, the definitely untapped. <laughs> It's Galaxy, Idaho 7, and Citroen. It's an 8.2% double IPA, uh, like I said, in their rotating uh, monthly series. Um, it's their neutral hop-ready canvas that they use. Look at that head, mate. Um, for you who don't know, oh, my gosh. Look at that. The line. When you see that line between Are it, you smelling right? the dank on that? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. This is just insane. Um, Badlands are so fucking dope, man. And they have such a great um, fan base as well. People really love them. Good. Um, yeah, the dank, the overripe fruit. So basically Badlands remind me a lot of Third Moon in the way that they do their shit. Um, they have that straight up and down, um, you know, that real overripe fruit slash dank vibe about them. Uh, and they're uh, super consistent. Um, yes, look at that. The little beachy vibes. I love it, man. It's cool. Ooh, I love smelling the can. Shall we uh, get that in us? Oh, oh my God. That, like, that aroma is just intoxicating. Yep, let's do yeah. it. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Mm-mm-mm. Glorious. Yeah, that is amazing. Oh. It's so bright, smooth, Jesus chalky, Christ. creamy. I want to get the rest of the yeast in here. Like... Yeah, they're just so – I mean, when I say it's got Idaho 7, which is – well, I don't know if we talked – I think we talked about it before, but it's yours and my favorite hop, um, Citroen Galaxy. It's, yeah. It, it, Go. 
Yeah. So I, I say like, so on this, like, like oh my God, I, I could smell that all day. <laughs> like, like, it, like it's, it's one of those ones that's so dank. It's like a puff of weed smoke coming out, like coming out of it. Um, on the palate, I'm like, and, and I find this uh, sometimes with, uh, like with beers that have like a ton of galaxy and, and maybe this is an Idaho seven thing as well, but I'm getting like that, like fuzzy peach candy, like, like yep. really intensely on it. Yes. sir. ton of that. Um, so you described it as dank and that's what I would have said. And Noah told me what I'm, what I'm confusing with dank is like an overripe soft fruit, meaning it's sort of like hasn't gone off yet, but it's kind of like really soft. The flesh is soft. The skin is kind of peeling off. Yeah. You know, the, the pit will come out easy. That type of super ripe fruit. Uh, that is what, yeah. and, and I think it might just be a, a certain um, brewing style. Cause it, to me, it's the treehouse style. Is what I see that they do. Yeah, and that's a, and in my mind, that and dank are a different, like are a different thing. Um, that's what I understand. Yes, like, 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 like dank. I really, like, I really, honestly associate fully with it, weed. like smelling like weed and tasting like weed smells. Like I'm picking, like <laughs> tasting like just weed smells. like. Yeah, the, the, that's the, the that's the closest thing that I can think of. Um, and uh, the, like, and the overripe fruit thing is a, the, like is a whole other thing. Um, but like, dank, kind of like comes on like very distinctly, at least to me, um, uh, the, like on my palate, and uh, the, like, and with the aroma, like with the aromas that, I, that like that I pick up on it. Hmm. Um, like okay. there's a couple of Badlands ones that have really, like that have really done it. Like this one does it a lot. Um, they did one called King Kang a while ago. That was very similar. Um, Anderson's core IPA is one that like is one that is super, super dank um, or like, or very appropriately, if you think of slam dank from twin sales, if you've ever had that one, that's another one that like that has that huge, um, Obviously, um, but yeah, my God, this is like like this, this is glorious, delightful right oh, here. Oh man, I'm I'm so glad that uh, we got to enjoy this one together on the pod because I had like I really enjoyed the other one, and I really was I mm-hmm. probably would have had it tomorrow night if I didn't get to do it here. It was great. They're saying that uh, we taste a medley of soft fruit notes, peach, pineapple, pithy grapefruit, and mixed undertones of tropical fruit. I feel like that's a pretty accurate thing, and I'm not getting the dank that you're talking about. Um, I'm definitely getting that overripe fruit very strongly, like really strongly. I get the overripe fruit too. I wonder if I just like I wonder if that's just a palate difference. Like if that's mm. like if that's just something that I pick up more strongly on my palate. I feel like sometimes I have. Um, I started smoking cigarettes when I was like 15 until I was maybe 21, and I really genuinely feel like I fucked my um, my taste buds a bit from that. Because I was you know, growing mm. taste buds type of thing, so sometimes I just kind of feel like I I might miss some stuff, but um, so I might not totally get the dank. But this is this is just an exceptional. Like you can even just tell just the way the head comes out. Like I was saying before, that line which is kind of a bit fuzzy now, but when you're pouring it, the line between the head and the body is just like a like a yeah. razor razor sharp. The pillowy meringue head is gorgeous and really keeps those flavors sitting there underneath. It's 
These guys are exceptional. I'm going to be honest. I got four different beers and maybe two of them. This one was the best by far. Uh, two of them were like, yep. oh, they're okay, which I'm kind of surprised to say that about mm-hmm. Badlands. I think if I didn't pay for it, I don't know if I would have drank it all. And the other one was pretty good. Yeah. So, I was, But it was the first time I yeah. ever had something that I was like, oh, it's, it's not bad because everything from Badlands prior to that was like, fucking Jesus, what is this type of thing? But yeah. I guess they're probably but like but like here. this this is in that category though of the like, oh, holy yeah. shit holy this is shit. fucking good. Yeah, I've definitely had that before with a couple of their beers too. Okay. Um, like they, like they are not all in exactly like in exactly the same category as this. Um, I, like I've had some that have been like okay, like like this is like, like this is very good. Um, like but it's not necessarily blowing my mind. But they're, they're like but there are um, but like most of them like are like this where I'm like oh holy shit. <laughs> um, but like and the and the ones that are this good like. The mouthfeel on it, it's just Insane. velvety, silky smooth. It's so fucking good. And what like and would you have guessed that this is eight point two percent if you were tasting this blind? I would if I said blind, I probably would have said six, six five tops. And I only would have said yeah, six, six five. Uh, I would have said six five, but because of the mouthfeel. Be and I'd be like, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a little higher because it just the, and there's so much flavor, like it's super there, but there's just there's no detection of the booze, which is dangerous. And I think that's that's what like you know these guys tend to. And I agree wholeheartedly. Ninety five percent of Badlands I've had would have been A plus, like A one shit. Yeah, um, I feel like it's uh, yeah, and they they have the mouthfeel very similar to Third Moon. What Steve is doing out there is just mind-blowing and there's a few breweries in ontario that are just doing this very very special shit like brewski out here doing similar stuff with the mouthfeel obviously by canada as well but masorum yeah yeah man we're very fortunate it's something that also even talking before sort of about like sort of like moving around and and going places now that things are opening up even travel like i feel like we've been really spoiled and you kind of realize how spoiled we are here at least in the very in the east coast with with the amount of fire that we're able to get it's it's obscene Really, um, I'm super, super stoked that we're able to just get get hold of this type of stuff so easy. This world class shit. Like, if any of the people in the states tried this stuff, they they would be losing their shit. It's probably good that they might not be able to be yeah. more because uh, yeah, of uh, of course they would. It's it, like it's as good any like as anything they can like they can make there for sure. It's it's funny. I remember listening back to the very early days of you and Scott just talking shit on the, the like on the podcast and um, talking about like the odd time that uh, like that you guys would try uh, like a couple of American beers and back in those days in like 2015 uh, the, the, like it was the, 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 like there was a huge disparity between Ontario Quebec and uh, like and uh, and northeastern US breweries um, but like how this, but like the Canadian scene has grown by leaps and bounds in that time. It, it truly has. It's, it's honestly mind boggling when you really think about it. The only time uh, I did a, a bit of a uh, deal with my mate in Vermont and we, we bought some stuff from the States and we got it across and I got to try. And also I got some stuff uh, late last year. My boy in LA sent me some shit. So I got to have some, just for contrast, some monkish and I got some Trillium and the Veil. And 
there's still a little bit of a way to go. I feel like we're like 90 to 95% there, though, which is insane if you really think about what you're talking, what you just said, from where, where we were from 2015, 2016 to now. Um, yep. There's something just a little... Are you there? Yeah. yeah. I, and I feel like it might always be... Like it's, one of the, like, it's one of those things of even just by sheer population... Um, the, 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 like it, it's one of those things of I don't think we the, the, like will ever surpass and uh, like and stay ahead of them. But that said, it's one of those things of if you were to like you know if you were to drive down to uh, drive down to Vermont and and like okay like I'm I'm getting like wistful just thinking of uh, like the thought of driving down to Vermont because <laughs> because like how man how like how long has it been since I've been able to do that but anyway that aside in a different <laughs> like in a different world where that like where that's possible and will be possible again sometime soon but Perfect. if you were to go down there and and, and you know meet up with another beer enthusiast friend and if you uh, like say you brought them um, if you brought them haze from uh, like from Badlands um, or from Saint-Kiam Baron, or if you brought uh, like Des Moines from, uh, like from Saint-Kiam, or if you brought uh, any of the Czech loggers from, uh, like from Godspeed, uh, you bring some haze from Third Moon. Um, you know, you bring stuff from uh, from Bac Canada or from, uh, like or from Brewski. Uh-oh. Nate going froze. I'm having a shit connection tonight. Nate will come back. Maybe he'll drop out or he'll just kick back in. We shall see. But he's right. Uh, I'll, I'll finish his train of thought. I feel like if I bring that, I usually go see my friend Rob uh, every time we go down. And I always just bring him beer because he always laces me with shit. So I always bring him a bunch of stuff because I know he loves trying all the Canadian shit. And he loses his mind even this, I guess the last time we were in Vermont was the weekend before lockdown. So it was May, no, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. I remember it distinctly because uh, it was such an important, um, the last time we were there. And those, that weekend was so dope. And I always bring Rob some shit. He's always blown away. And I really feel like even like now a year, not even a year and a half later, it's... It, it's just worlds apart. Like, it's just crazy. I feel like I'm excited to, to get them to try more of this stuff because I want them to be like, Jesus, like Canada's like that right now? You know, because I don't know if there's many other places that, you know, particularly someone in a place like Vermont um, would be able to say that. You know, everything that they have access to is insane. And... <clears throat> And, and for them to be impressed, I'm like, I really feel like they would be impressed though. So it's, uh, I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting time in Canadian beer here. What should I do about Nate here? Should I like kick him Maybe off and tell him to come back? Right. Yeah. I'm going to text him and just be like, Oi, I cut you off. Jump back on. It was just frozen. There we go. Look at us communicating. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Sometimes it just happens with the old fucking internet problems. It's super annoying. But, you know, we are here. But, yeah, yeah, Badlands has been really good, man. I was just so – my brother and I – so my brother, Notion, he's, like, been involved with BOS. Obviously, he's part of the team since the beginning. He does a bunch of our photos for stuff in Toronto, and he's been our audio engineer from day one. So he's 
he's had everything. So him and I, we do a lot of uh, like trades. There we go. Oh, fuck's sake. There we go. What was happening on your side? Because you, you just froze, so I just finished your story for you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. I, uh, the, like after I had stopped talking both of our screens froze and then yours came back, I could hear you talking, but my screen was still frozen and I guess you couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear anything. So I was like, I just cut you off cause I figured it'd just be easier if you just did that and come back up easier. But yep. I was just basically saying that, yep, uh, good call. that to finish your story before, actually, let me just finish what I was just saying while it's gone. But my brother and I had been trading a lot. So he's in Toronto and uh, normally I'd be in Toronto so often I would just bring him beers all the time and give him stuff to take photos of or whatever. So now, um, and he used to never, he would never send me beers. He was like, if I needed him to pick something up and send it, he's like, ah, oh, I don't know, man. And like, he just never wanted to do it. He never like do it. Now he's a fucking like, he's all over it. This pandemic, he's been so dope because every time Bellwoods drop something or whatever that we want, he just texts me before I even text him. He's like, you want this? How many do you want of each? And he'll go and he'll put the order, he'll ride up on his bike and pick them up and then collect shit for me and zip them out. Godspeed just dropped two new fucking amazing crispy boys. He grabbed a couple of them for me. Um, there's been, oh, Nate's gone again. Jesus Christ. So like, yeah, we've been doing that. So recently we were like, uh, he's like, oh, is there anything else you want? Because he had like four beers for me or some shit. He's like, is there anything else you want? And I was like, well, I can't really think of anything. Neat. I didn't want to make him go out of his way and um, – I was like, oh, you know, do you, um, <laughs> Nate text me like, for fuck's sake, join back. Um, and, uh, I was like, oh, I can't really think of anything. I'm like, yeah, why don't we do like an order from somewhere then? We'll just buy some beer from somewhere, get it shipped to you and just split it. So I think I mentioned a couple places and he's like, yeah, what about Badlands? I'm like, fucking let's go. So I just checked their website and they do a 24 or 12 pack, 24 or 12. Yeah. So like it was just like a nice way to sort of even for me I don't like I said I don't know Badlands and I don't get their beers often so there we go we back. I don't know what's up with the internet tonight, bro. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, do you want to finish your Vermont story because I think I really got the point of what you're saying? But do you want to say so you you know you're saying all the different stuff if you bring them this crispy boy and that haze and you head on down you think they'd be basically blown away by the quality of what we're doing up here. Yeah, I think like I like I think so. I like I don't think they would be, you know, sipping a vim in vigor and thinking like, eh, it's all right. You guys got a ways to go. You like I think they would be thinking like, like you know what, guys, like this is good shit. Like there's good shit brewing in Canada, and they'd be right. A hundred percent. Jill was also interesting. I had another brewery called Mill River, who we had on before from Vermont, and uh, they were on like two, three weeks ago, and I asked the dudes. Um, who are your top five favorite? No, which are your top five favorite beer regions? Are you there? Oh, you're just standing really still. <laughs> no, I, I can still hear you. Okay. You know, you were just really still and, and the way that you looked like, like you were frozen. Um, okay. And I asked them, and I, I think neither of them said Vermont would be in their top five, and they live in Vermont. And I thought that was interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. So, in, and it I was like, maybe it's like, it's it's proximity because we were like, well, sometimes you don't appreciate what's in your backyard until maybe you leave or or whatever, you know. Um, yep. And I, and I think that's sort of like I don't think we are suffering from that, and I think the pandemic stopped people from not appreciating what's in their backyard because it was difficult to get things that 
from elsewhere. I mean, not everyone is into trading or is willing to spend that money. I mean, you think about it, trading with a friend. I got a good friend in Vancouver that I trade with occasionally. And, um, you know, it might cost 20, 30 bucks to send the beer, but it's $1,000 for a plane ticket. And there's hotels and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, like at the end yep. of the day, it's, it's, it's a much more affordable way to taste the world type of thing. And I wish it wasn't as difficult to get stuff over yeah. the border. It's pretty possible. It's, it's not that difficult. There's just a chance that they could take everything and, and, uh, um, and you waste a lot of money because a lot of the stuff you're getting in the States, we're losing 30%. And then beers aren't cheap. Yep. You know? Plus postage. Shipping is fucking obscene, particularly gets heavy. Yep. Yeah. You, know? yeah, you, you got to be willing to put a bit of work into it and a bit of money into it. But, you, but, you know, for, for, for those willing to make it happen, you can. Um, yeah. But you brought up a really good point that one thing that the pandemic did is it, it made a lot of us kind of, and it certainly did this for me, is rediscover your home beer scene. Mm. Like, like, and kind of really start to appreciate um, the beer in your hometown. I guess hometown slash home province, particularly for, for Ontario. And you've been a great, yeah. you, you, the way you drink, bro, I love it. I think you're such a fucking like an ideal beer consumer because you're a staunch supporter of the breweries in your hometown. You're always copping from them. But whenever there's an opportunity for you to grab shit from out of town, like Lupulus were doing some stuff in Dominion, Friends of Dominion and other things like that, you will go out and you'll just fucking, you'll cop it all. And I feel like, I feel like you drink really good all the time. I feel like you've, you, you're always like, obviously you get the stuff as a content creator, you get sent beer and things for the blog and things for your Instagram and so on and so forth. Um, but I yeah. feel like you're always supporting really heavily. And I think it's super, I feel like that's just it's dope. And you've, you've make you're basically taking advantage of everything that your region is offering you on top of, having the ability to order and get it shipped to home because we do not have that here in Quebec, but you're able to to take advantage of that too. So I think you've got a really nice like balance of everything. Yeah, man. Like I'm I like I'm do I'm I'm doing pretty well. I'm not hurting for like I'm not hurting for excellent fucking beer here. Like um like for for a number of things that like, like that you mentioned. Between uh, like Friends of the Dominion and uh, like in Bar Lupulus, oh my god! Like like so much good shit that um, like that I'm able to get my hands on here while supporting like like so much shit that I'm able to get from out of town while supporting my like some of my favorite local businesses. Like it doesn't get better than that. Not at um, all. Like it like it's one of those things of before Third Moon started doing their Sunday Fun Day where they were shipping. Um, like the, the, it showed up in like in the Friends of the Dominion store, and when I the, the, like it was one of those things when I got the Instagram alert that uh, like that Dominion City had that, I was like almost like spit my coffee out of my mouth. I'm like order immediately. <laughs> I, I figured that that's what um, what it would have been because you were like always all over all that shit. As soon as uh, have you got notifications turned on for that? I do. Like I, I, I turned my <laughs> notifications on for Dominion because it was one of Smart. because it was one of those things of like I want to know when stuff is coming up in Friends of the Dominion immediately because I don't because I don't want to miss out on it. Uh, like and they get a lot of really good shit there. Um, like and, like it's and like and, and like even 
even some stuff that's real, like that's hard to get. Like Barncat still doesn't have uh, uh, like shipping across the province. Like it's I still checked, only yeah. um, uh, like but with, right. with the but with the emergence of all of the like of all of these independent stores that are now able to sell their stuff. Like there's so much. Uh, like more accessible across the province, and it's even the kind of thing of uh, like, like we when we're talking with uh, like with Josh and Scott at Dominion City, like Farrell will be driving out to Cambridge to pick shit up from Barncat, then coming all the way back, back with it. So I'm um, like, I, like anytime I see Barncat in their shop, I'm like, okay, Farrell must have been on the road yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it's like hella fresh too, like. They do not, and they, they also go to it wineries. Is. They go everywhere. Like Dominion are just like yeah, everyone already knows how we both feel about them and their entire team and their business. They're fucking amazing. They deserve all the props in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you're right. Like they're, they're hitting wineries too. Like uh, like they hit Rosewood all the time. They've got a huge stock of Rosewood there. Uh, like they hit Hinterlands all the time, and even coffee too. Really? They like they got all t- all kinds of good third wave shit in the, 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 like in their store they've got honey they've got chip uh oh we had a good run we had a good run fuck i lost you again yeah we good we back we back we back can you hear me can you hear me nathaniel 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 can you hear me shout out to technology ladies and gentlemen Oh, and he's gone. I was going to give a bit of a uh, for technology there. Yeah, no, Dominion City are fucking amazing. I didn't know they had uh, coffee and stuff. Like, that is so dope. I feel like that's the exact type of business I'd want to run where you're already making fire beer and you're able to support other businesses whilst serving your community and, and, you know, giving them exactly what they want, which is more fire beer and more fire coffee wine all these things that we already consume and like it's they they understand their consumer i think is what that speaks to oh i need to say that to me i think that's really what what dominion are all about like they just they're just an exceptional business in the way they do everything it's just fucking wild here he goes nate texted me here <laughs> he, gave, he gave me a god ducking damage he even got um he even got um <laughs> spell auto corrected when he's trying to cuss at it I don't know what's happening. We had Nate on last Friday and it was fine. So I'm not really sure what's going on right now. So thanks for bearing with us guys. And I'm, uh, you know, keeping everyone going. I think I was even talking to Tiff about doing podcasts like by myself. Like uh, how far, like when we do this for two hours, fuck out. Like, You're great. I, like I can hold it down, but imagine like. And I'm then not- someone just talks to you off set. You just say stuff. Then I say things to you off camera. <laughs> and off camera, I'm like, oh, anyway. You just chat. We get popcorn. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, shouts to popcorn. No, it's okay. No, I'm gonna take, can I take one? One popcorn. Just a popcorn. Avocado oil is popcorn. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Organic. Organic. Probably get down local. I think you'd be great is it by local? Hmm? Is it local? I don't believe so. Well, no, I wouldn't do it by myself, though. It's too, like, I like to riff off somebody. It's no, that's fair, fun. though. I think it is a different, it is a vibe. It's a so vibe, like, right? If you have to have a yeah, be a certain person that just talks. Even though you love talking, you love a chinwag. I love a chinwag. But you love chinwagging with others. <laughs> I guess that's the difference. So if people don't know, love like, <laughs> Tiff, I don't know. I, I I taught Tiff too many Australian slang, <laughs> uh, slang words, and chinwag is one of them. And she always that's why we called our chat the chinwag with the boys, because Tiff is like, oh, Craig, he just loves the chinwag, <laughs> loves the fucking chinwag. 
Um, Isn't he restarting his... I don't know. Like, I think so. I guess he is coming back in. I can keep this fucking gun. Don't worry about that, mate. We got another beer to go. You coming back or what? Uh, Dan's <laughs> <Okay>, like... <dancing. laughs> That's cool. Is it because Dan's an admin? He has a little screw. Yeah, he got a little thing there. Buzz me on your cat. Me and you will continue. <laughs> Dan will jump on. Dan is uh, hilarious. Bad Nate. Dan's in now. All right. Okay, Nate. See? It's the same link, Dan. Well, Dan podcast, and then Dan yeah. and I are sitting on the other side, and we just randomly throw things And just throw things at me to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my there gosh, Dan. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about it, Daniel. God damn it, Nathaniel. Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry, oh, man. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's going on with my internet tonight. I don't know if the rain's fucking with it or what. Yeah, it could be a rain thing because basically our weather's the same. Whatever you have, I have. So it's yeah. uh, it's kind of wild. Um, I kind of oh, we just talk about Dominion having the coffee and stuff. I was saying that Dominion really, really know their consumer because yeah. if they're bringing Rosewood and the real heads who know, like the beer heads, no fucking Rosewood. Um, yeah. And then third wave coffee, all of us drink third wave coffee, the real craft beer heads and the real people who like, you know, like local wine, like really high quality wine, fuck with third wave coffee. So like yeah. Dominion bringing all those things in and then like you said, like good, like local chips and snacks and all this stuff. It's just like this cornucopia of phenomenal products directly marketed at a craft beer consumer that is highly probable if not guaranteed that their consumer base will be interested in these products and they're just allowing yeah. things to grow and be, um, you know, and, and just be, it's, it's, it's like, it helps everybody, everybody with uh, particularly at a time when everything's rough, right? Like, you know, all of these businesses are suffering. So then now they're, they're buying from Rosewood and then just selling it at probably a very small margin. So they make a few bucks yeah. on it because it's costing them. They're sending two paid employees in a vehicle with gas and probably lodging because it's like fucking Ottawa to Cambridge must be like six hours or so. So like they're staying overnight somewhere. They're not just cruising down, right? Oh, really? No, I don't think so. I like I, I would bet you Farrell's doing that trip there and back in one day. Oh, Farrell's is fucking – he's a beast though. I love that dude. He's a machine. Yeah, he's such a, such a great guy. Shouts to him. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, I love the Dominion of doing that. And sort of on all of that note, one of our other topics, just because we're nearly at two hours, we've still got two more topics to go. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into it. One of the one of the things that I was trying to I was trying to like very sleekly uh, segue to it, but I guess it didn't work. Was just going in on you know. We're sorry, talking to, about- I sorry to interrupt you just for a second there, man. I just gotta change camera batteries, but keep talking. I'll still get the audio. No problem. So. One of the things you know, we're talking about supporting businesses and, and all of this stuff, and uh, you know, one of the things that would be really important for me, and I've talked about this not super often because I've had so many interviews, but over the pandemic, I changed my drinking habits to strict nights per week, um, four nights a week, and it's made me. I've been felt significantly better. Um, and, and I've been able to manage beer. Like, obviously, with the volume of shit that I have to get through for BOS, um, it's not always helpful. I should probably drink more yeah. to get through more stuff, but I'm very glad I'm not doing it. Um, yeah. I've, I've kept my healthy little habits. So basically just trying to check up and see where everyone's healthy habits are like a year and a quarter or so later um, when you know things are starting to open up. And, and personally, um, 
I have kept the habits. What I have been doing is uh, there's one night midweek where I don't drink on Wednesdays. And what I've been doing is after dinner, like at the end of the night, 11, 12 o'clock, I'll have a um, a high ABV beer, like a 10%er, a stout, triple IPA or something. Because I don't drink those shits basically ever. Like a triple IPA is such an inconvenient thing or an imperial stout for me. Like there's barely a time when I'm going to want to – drink it. Tiff doesn't split the beers with me typically. Sometimes dance around will split it, but like mostly I don't really drink them because I need to get through volume to make sure I'm taking the content and taking the photos and blah blah blah. Yeah. And um being able to have on the Wednesday at the end of the night, that's all I'm having. I'm having like a lager with dinner and then something else like I normally would like, you know, I'll have probably four beers on average typically. I was all I could really take on a bit of a um, lightweight um having that late night stout and I, I think it's to do with the weather i in winter i had no interest in doing that and i was i loved these nights off and i still do um but i found on the wednesdays doing those is kind of nice late night and having that for now and i'll probably do that in the summer because when it's hot it's like you need something and i feel i've been i hit the started hitting the sauna again because uh, i feel a bit more comfortable doing that I have a sauna in our building. No one really uses it now. Before, people were using it, fucking it up and shit. Now, no one even touches it because everyone's stopped using facilities because of COVID. But I feel like if anywhere is safe, it's a sauna because it's like hot as fuck and there's nothing's really going to survive in that heat. Um, and it's, it's just removing the toxins from my body. I do that probably five days a week and it's um, glorious. So I feel like all of that have, have kept. So I've basically kept most of the habits. I'm introducing a bit of that for the summer, and I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy because I'm able to drink some of these beers that would just be sitting around. Um, and now I'm, uh, you know, I'll be able to start plugging through those a bit more, hopefully throughout the summer, which is almost weird that I'm going to be drinking the winter shit throughout summer. But you know, it's kind of nice to have, um, uh, you know. A ten percent imperial stout or a pastry stout or something that uh, you know on a nice little Wednesday evening when it's uh, thirty-five degrees or whatever. It's uh, you know <laughs> I know when you're not having yeah, anything yeah. else, you don't feel I, that ten percent type of thing. Like you barely feel it. It's yeah, weird. I'm no, such I, a you you know, it, it can be dangerous. Um, yeah, I've uh, yeah I, I, I've gone through an interesting phase. Uh, well, well, I've gone through. I feel like I've gone through several phases. We haven't talked about this. I'd be curious to how you've been drinking because we never spoke. Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've talked about it. Like we talked about it the last time we did. uh, Just kind like like just kind of like a shooting the shit chat, which was pretty early in the pandemic. It was one of the earlier episodes of the uh, like of the adjunct series. Um, I think it was maybe back in like October. no, no, no. It had to have been earlier than that. It must have been like April, May of last year, something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. But like, because earlier in the pandemic, I found that I was drinking a lot more. Like, I feel like most of us were, because it was one of those things of like, I would have a beer earlier in the evening at work than I normally would. Um, and and like, for those who don't know, they, they, like, I work for a tech company and they, like, you know, I do. Um, that the, like being work, uh, working in the office and I'm one of those ones who's now working from home every day. Um, so it's one of the, so it's one of those things that I found myself cracking beer earlier in the evening on work nights than I generally normally would. Um, so the habit I've gotten into now is uh, like, and 
I the, the, like I, and and I, I implemented this pretty early on um, like in the pandemic like probably by late spring of last year early summer um, like I take two days off a week uh, like from drinking um, it's normally Mondays and Tuesdays uh, and now it's Mondays and Tuesdays every other week because now we do the chin wag <laughs> every other Tuesday so when it's so so when it's that then it's like Mondays and Wednesdays or whatever okay. um, but I take two days up. off yeah I take two days off per week. Uh, like from drinking um, religiously. I like it even better when it's Mondays and Tuesdays because I find that um, having two days off in a row that, that like just does a world of good for me. So uh, good. That, that, like for my sleep more than anything, two days off in a row is that, that, like is just delight. Um, it's like, like, like taking a break from drinking like is so key. And I find that like, and I find it really helpful to, to have that rule um, because it's one of those things of when I've gone too many days in a row, I look forward to those days off and I know you're the same way. Um, and then like, and like in particularly even then like even taking more days off than that. Um, yeah, it's, I found it really helpful to manage my habits and I found it really necessary to manage my habits because early on in the pandemic, I realized really quickly, like it is too easy to fall into a habit of just drinking whatever you want. So easy, like way too easy. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's great. I'm really happy to hear that because I felt like I've, I, I got into my habit relatively early on in the pandemic. I don't remember how or why, to be honest, but I stuck with it the entire time. I, I think I probably, I broke it maybe half a dozen times over the year, like hardly at all. Um, yeah, I'm about the same. About the same. Yeah, sometimes you got to break it is what it is, but you kind of make up for it. And I found that one, uh, and when we discovered non-alcoholic beers that are good, that made it even easier because you have the non-alcoholic beers. And someone like Tiff, who was not really into that, she loved them. And it, it satisfied, it scratched that itch for both of us on those evenings yeah. where maybe you just kind of had a stressful day or you just kind of felt like a beer or a drink or whatever. You had that and you're yeah. like, I'm good to go. Uh, so like, well, and what I found has helped. Uh, what I found uh, like has helped as well has been the evolution of non-alcoholic beverages. Because like, like I'm not a big fan of non-alcoholic beer. Um, it, like, like, and and I find the same thing even with uh, like with micro, uh, like with uh, with session and micro IPAs and things like that. Like the the sharp acidic high carb citrus just uh, flavors just don't really work for me it's uh, like it's just a flavor that i don't personally like and it's one that i find like comes out really really strong right. uh, particularly in low alcohol ipas and it's like and it's even more pronounced in uh, like in non-alcoholic beers particularly non-alcoholic ipas um but like things like uh, like, like dominion cities City Seltzer. My wife and I have been, like have been ordering those by the case. It's, really? Like, like, it's it's our new favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. Like like City Seltzer is it like it's spectacular. It's like it's been the eye opener of the pandemic for us in terms of like non alcoholic beverages. If you want something bubbly, um, like that's just like that's just got a nice little bit of flavor to it. Uh, like you know it's. It's fizzy, but it's not sweet. It's zero calorie. It does the job excellent. How much does that run a case? Uh, it's like uh, that would be about forty bucks a case because it's like ten bucks a six pack. So not bad. 
that yeah. is, I, I couldn't agree more. One thing on top of, to, to align with you on that, um, uh, I, uh, my brother got me some of the Bellwood sparkly water where they basically, I think they use the runoffs from like Jelly King and shit and then they just make little fruit combinations with sparkling water. So I've had a few of those oh, recently. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I think that's really what they do and it's it's phenomenal. Um, I've been enjoying the Rallabock, have uh, a great one, um, Matinee, uh, Libra in uh, Upstreet Brewing from uh, PEI. Their one is yep. phenomenal. We've been getting that. They sent us a, a case of it one time. We're like, whoa, why'd you send a case? And we started drinking it. We're like, oh, and I hit them back up. I'm like, hey, can we buy a case? Because they wouldn't do it. They just sent us another case. So, you know, that's been a big fave of ours as well. Um, I, I got some. Well, yeah, like, like hop water has been, uh, like, has been a huge thing. It, just like sparkling hop water, like, uh, the, the, like Spearhead with it. Oh, yeah, spe- that, yeah. Uh, Spearhead, Aqua. Fuck, that's what I was thinking. Aqua. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. the greatest shit ever. It's ba- no, it's botanical water they call it. Yeah, but it's essentially I think it has a bit of hops and a bit of just it, it's just money. It's so beautiful. A K W A they call it, and it's just yep. it's so good. It's just so refreshing and so light. Um, I would buy that by multiple caseload. That shit is impeccable. Wellington did the the single hop sparkling waters yep. where they focus on Chinook and I believe it was Cascade for the first two. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. And, and it was so good. I'm trying to think what else I have in the fridge right now. And um, Twin Sales out in town. Well, they did some. Oh, oh Rallabach as well. Yeah. Uh, or not Twin Sales. Uh, Two Crows out in Halifax. Uh, they like also do, uh, they like, they actually call theirs hop water. And it, it, uh, it's the, it's the exact same thing. It's a brilliant evolution. Like, like, I, like I would drink that stuff over non-alcoholic beer any day of the week. Interesting. All right. I might even just hit up, see if Dominion would even just shit. Cause it's like just water. They might just ship it to me. I could just buy it. It might because it's not uh, like city. Uh, city Seltzer has a, 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 like has its own site, so a, so I don't know if they've got like different distribution through that. They, they they very well might. So yeah, I would check it out. It's really fucking good. Okay, and the two crows one sounds amazing. But that's the type of stuff like we we have the um, Soda Stream, and and you know that's what I have. I've been sipping on the water here. It's all Soda Stream. I love that shit. But you know when you're having dinner, you want something a little sparkly, and and I I've have really started to have grow having a appreciation for um non-alcoholic beer i think it's super great because uh, we've discovered some really good ones and the stuff from le bazaar um who is owned by saint bock out here was just next level dude i'm talking like like fruited berliner weisses that are non-alcoholic where you have to swirl it and because of all the fruit puree at the bottom type of shit and it just comes out it's amazing um hmm. gin, gin and tonics with lemon and lime and um, all yep. non-alcoholic, yeah, Berliners, New Englands with different hot combos, like extremely yep. impressive. The whole world of non-alcoholic beers in this pandemic has blown our minds. I'm, I'm so impressed with it. I'm so happy that so many breweries are doing it. Rorschach do one called Free Spirit is phenomenal. Yep. Um, you know, Mick, um, uh, yeah, and, uh, and, Conks, and like, like Mikula. Yep, Omnipolo Conks, that's another one. Um, uh, De Frere have uh, like have a non-alcoholic IPA, and they also make a non-alcoholic gin, which makes a very yes. nice non-alcoholic cocktail. If that's yes. what you're into, love that one. Uh, Tiff actually, we were just talking about it earlier with Bruce Morris on here, but Tiff was uh, selected for a uh, cocktail contest with Fever Tree, the mixer. Yep, and she yep. got through to the last round. They get, she came second, came in second, but uh, she, the first cocktail she made was this. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just looking over here. There's a bottle called Seed Lip. And I think they're owned by the same parent company as Fever Tree, and it's a non-alcoholic gin as well, and it's fucking insane. 
like the other night when Tiff was already drinking, she went and made a cocktail with the fever tree and the seed lip intentionally because it was fire. And they've got like three different types of stuff. I just feel like the non-alcoholic um, uh, innovation, as uh, you and I are big fans of, is so deep right now. It's so impressive. There's so yep. many reasons to balance out your, you know, you can still be, have that itch satisfied while supporting local businesses and in multiple ways, whether you like non-alcoholic stuff or you just want sparkling water with you. I think uh, either you sent me one. I think you might have. You gave me like an orange creamsicle city seltzer. I don't know if you did or Dominion sent it directly. But um, it could have been you. That must have been Dominion directly. I don't think it was me. No? Okay. And I was like, this shit is amazing. Like it was amazing. Yeah. I know Scott's a genius and all, but like, you know, I'm just, there's so many options for us now and it's uh, – it's a lot of fun, man, and it really helps you manage the the drinking. And um, it does. I'm grateful for it because it's it, like it makes you realize that some uh, like and uh, like like sometimes you just want something fizzy, right? And, and the water is cool, but sometimes the water doesn't even cut it, and you want something with a little bit of flavor. Yep. You know, and just having a um, case is great. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, like to kind of dovetail this con- like this conversation back to the conversation of drinking habits because um, and, like and one of the things that made me think of this was I was listening to the episode of Ren's podcast uh, uh, like Ren likes to talk that uh, that Chris uh, like from Hops and Bros was on uh, yeah, like in the most recent them. episode uh, yeah sh- yeah shouts to them check out that episode it's a good one. Um, because Chris was talking about like, was talking about that and how he's kind of wanted to pivot Hops and Bros to uh, to having more of a focus on health and uh, like and healthy like and healthy drinking habits and whatnot, which I fucking love him for. Like it's so like I'm I'm so glad he's having such a like such a focus on that. Um, and, and like and something that they were talking about and uh, like and Ren brought up a really good point. Is that uh, like because she's been in the drinks industry for a while? Like, mm-hmm. like she's worked in the industry as a rep, like going back many years and whatnot. And she, like, what she was saying was that early on in, um, like, in her career in the like in the alcohol business, healthy drinking habits was not really something that was talked about. Mm. It was like it was just like just kind of not really talked about at all. And like, which I'm not really surprised to hear. Um, it, like because I think it's not talked about often enough now, but like it's, it, but it makes sense that it wasn't really a topic of conversation five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, but it's one of those things that has definitely evolved into a uh, like into a very necessary conversation nowadays. Uh, like it sometimes becomes a bit of a heated conversation right now. But what she pointed out is that like it's a significant change that it's even something that's actually talked about which I think is a very important thing. Um, something that like we talked about this a lot in our, like in our group chat. Um, for those who don't know, Craig and I talk every day along with, like along with um, Chris from Hoffs and Bros and Noah, from, like and Noah from Beerism. Uh, but yeah, for those who don't know, during, like who turn in, who tune into the beer chat, we talk literally every day. Like, they, like, they, like the chin wag is just basically us putting a camera on the chats <laughs> that we have every day. Um, but like, that, that's something that we talk about often is this whole thing with, um, like, with the attitude around drinking habits in the craft beer industry. And 
sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's really, really, really not. Like, uh, like some people, like some people just really take the attitude around drink, like around healthy drinking habits as a fucking joke. Um, like, and, and that, like, and that Facebook group that we've, like, that we've talked about many times that most people will know about. If you follow that group, like, how often is it just meme after meme after meme of like joke about the fact, like, joke about the fact that your craft beer habit, um, the, 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 like, makes alcoholism acceptable, or uh, the, the like, or any kind of joke about getting drunk or drinking at 10 in the morning or whatever, like, or whatever the fuck it is. Like, and if anyone ever brings up the topic of healthy drinking habits or like taking a look at your drinking habits or like, or things like that, like that stuff just gets shit on. Mm. Like, like it's something that does not like that really gets a lot of flack and people get really defensive about when like when they're kind of when it's suggested that you kind of examine and confront your drinking habits it's it's a strange thing in this industry that people like to hide behind this notion of well i'm supporting my like you know like it's craft beer like you know it's like i'm supporting like i'm supporting local business and whatnot well Alcohol is alcohol. Your body responds to it, whether it's made from a, like whether it's made from a local business or whether it's made from Molson. Um, and you the, 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 you can't hide from that. You can't pretend that it's not an addictive substance. Where do you think this this attitude is coming from then? In these say in these groups that also sort of like seep into beer Twitter and other places where people who are, have a, an interesting craft beer congregate? Well, it's very difficult to answer that question without being a bit of an armchair psychologist. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 like, so it, the, like, it's something that, the, like, that I obviously have no expertise in, but it definitely feels like a kind of thing that is very, um, so, like it's very self-enabling in a lot of ways. I think one of the reasons that uh, that, that like like we find comfort in this craft like in this craft beer community, right? Like it's what drives a lot of us to like to this is feeling like we have friends enjoying the, the like like enjoying the same passion that we have. And I think that that um, like that that kind of camaraderie and that uh, like like and that feeling of being part of a community can really have an unintentional toxic effect where it like where, where it kind of removes the uh, it like like it removes the stigma around alcohol consumption. Um, which like which in a lot of ways can like can be like which in a lot of ways can be a good thing to have it not be like, to have it not have such a stigma on it but it's one of those things that like it needs to re- like it really needs to be balanced and that's one of the things that I think social media really doesn't allow for is balance mm. because 
you choose to only consume the things that they like that you really want to and dismiss the things that you don't. So if you they like, they like, so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things of like, it feels good to be part of that community. It drives you to keep trying more beer and uh, like, and to keep wanting to try more beer. Uh, and there's always like a sense of FOMO about it and uh, they, like, and all of these other things. And, the idea of talking about taking it easy and stepping away from it, taking a break from it, analyzing your habits, feeling like it might be good to step back from it. Um, it's almost discouraged. And you, and you kind of feel that if you take a break from it, that you're going to miss out or that you'll be left behind by the community or like, or that kind of thing. It's, you want to feel like you're in it. Right. So I like, so I, so I think it's just an intensely psychological need to be part of the community and to not fall behind from the community. To add to that, as you were saying, cause I, I didn't really, hadn't really thought about it. And one thing I think contributes to that is the fact that there's new releases every week. So it's almost like if you're not keeping up with the new releases, then you don't feel a part of the community because you like, it's not yeah. like there's just like a series of breweries that just have flagships and it's like, we're just drinking to drink. There's new shit. Everyone wants to try the new shit. Everyone needs to post the new thing to Instagram and, and blah, blah, blah. And you don't even, I yeah. think it gets to the point where you don't even realize what you're doing is drinking alcohol. You're just supporting this hobby and the hobby happens to be alcohol disguised yeah. as supporting local business. And yes, it is that, but even the breweries will mostly tell you that, you know, not all, but most of them will be like, yo man, like chill. And a lot of people might yeah. not, not, not get that chill. And I was even, as you were, saying all this stuff i'm just trying to think about my own habits and reasons and i know that you and i are probably not the average examples because if we didn't have to have content would we drink as much i don't think i was because you know what the funniest shit is before all of this i didn't i wasn't even a really a big drinker i drink when we went to a club or whatever the fuck back i used to be a club promoter since i was 19 like i was into clubs and i got over it by about 23 and then I just sort of drank on the weekends type of thing. And that was it. It wasn't like having a beer with dinner. I wasn't really that big on beer, to be honest. Drank a bit of everything. And then when it came, when I discovered this beer, it became a, um, a chase because I did the 365. So I'm doing stupid selfies, whatever, whatever. And that made me want to collect the beers. It's fucking Pokemon. And yeah. that made me want to keep drinking. And I guess I started drinking more and that point also i'm in a new country when i started doing this i've only been here like four months or three months whatever it was when i started the, the, the 365 so i'm still just happy to be here and it's snowing and snows weird and blah 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 so like that kept going and i just feel like even at this point though that probably would have petered back out because i don't really love being drunk but i really love beer like i appreciate this yeah. industry i you, know, you grow to learn to understand and, and there's people behind it so you drink that beer. I, I don't know the people behind badlands at all i actually don't even know their names but yeah i imagine there's like a small family business behind this that's put everything up to make the shit and that to me is cool as fuck and i'm i'm really proud and honored to be able to support those 
businesses without platforms and stuff. But yeah, I feel like it's still, you are right though, that those groups, I have seen those posts where people kind of like sort of shit on balance and thoughtfulness surrounding your consumption. It's a shame and you would hope that 15 months into a pandemic, maybe people would have a bit more of an understanding or maybe not understanding is not the word, like just sort of like uh, empathy with like, ah, you know what, maybe we we all should kind of chill. And that's a problem. It does attract some people with, like it's almost like it's the veil for alcoholism. Some people actually do have a problem and, and that's a problem. The drama with all of this is that some people come into this with addictions and they're able to yep. veil those addictions. So no, no, I'm just drinking craft beer, man. I'm just supporting the industry, blah, blah, But they just fucking blah, blah, blah. 10% beers at 8 a.m. and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, like, I was very much the same way. Like, before I really started to get into craft, uh, the, into craft beer, like, it, like I, I was exactly the same way. Like, I definitely, like, it wouldn't occur to me to like to drink on a weeknight it would be like like yeah like 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 to drink just like just for the hell of it or just for the enjoyment of it it was i would drink on a friday night if i had friends over but it would be one of those things of if i was just having a night alone like playing video games or something like that like it wouldn't even necessarily occur to me to crack a beer open not until like not until i really got into the enjoyment of craft beer and when I got into the social media aspect of craft beer, like my consumption, like compounded like crazy. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, and uh, like it, it's it's one of those things of like it's definitely always going to attract that no like that notion of it and. People like to make jokes about like about about just about everything, but in this case, like this is like this is a hobby, this is a passion. But people forget the like like the kind of respect and restraint that it like that it needs to be taken with, um, and as much as I love dearly a lot of the people that I've met in this, uh, like in this industry that uh, like that makes these products that we love so much, every single one of them, they like will definitely tell you that your ha- like that your health has to come first. Um, when I like, when I wrote the article on dry January this year, largely uh, like I wrote that article largely out of anger from a lot of things that I was seeing um, the, 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 like in the scene um, one of my favorite things that I like that I learned from that was from talking to some of the owners and uh, like in the industry and Josh McJanet, who we know, like who we know, one of the like one of the co-owners of Dominion City. The thing that really touched me about what he said is that, like, at the end of like at the end of this pandemic and at the end of everything else. He wants those customers to still be around to come back and enjoy, like, and enjoy his product. And if, um, it, like, it's one of those things of if customers need to take a break from it in order to still be around to do so, like, he, the, 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 like that's something to encourage. Healthy drinking habits are something that really need to be taken very seriously. It's not a joke. It isn't at all. 
and I, I feel like it's got to be the responsibility of the breweries at some point. I mean, also, like, I do understand that they can't be telling people, hey, don't drink too much of our stuff because that's going to fuck their business. But at the same token, like you said, and like Josh said, you want these people to be around to continue to enjoy the products. And yeah. they're not healthy by over-enjoying the products, well, that's kind of a detriment to the to the brewery at the end of the day anyway. So, you know, it's, I guess it's – it's a it's a, such an interesting conundrum that's probably only popped up in the last five to ten years. Yeah. As far as the craft beer level of disguised alcoholism or at least overconsumption. Because I don't think a lot of people who do it are out like you and I definitely like I didn't know that about you either. So that's it sounds like we're pretty similar. Neither of us were like sitting there fucking crushing beers on a Tuesday. Um it just wasn't how we got down. I didn't. I never did. If I drank, I drank to typically get drunk. I didn't really like what I was drinking. It would be yeah. like you get. I get like apple flavored vodka and mix it with pineapple juice or something. So it just tasted fruity, and you just fucking you get trash. Yeah, or it, it, it would be you'd be buying a two for a moosehead. Like if you like if you just kind of want to have that party feel time with your friends when you're in your early twenties, kind of thing. Right. And that's a completely different approach to what we're doing now. And it's like, it's almost like we enjoy it so much. It's like the side effect of the hobby is getting drunk. Um, yeah. But it's not a net positive situation. And it's just such an interesting thing. And I feel like that the, yeah, like a lot of people don't realize. And there's definitely the interesting thing, particularly with that, that group. I know we keep bringing up the group, but like there's so many new people to the industry on there and the way that, and I imagine a lot of those attitudes you're referring to are probably coming from people who haven't been around in it for long, because I feel like most people who've been in it for a, a while, they get it. They know what this is. And the new people are probably just excitable. And there's some folks who just, wow, what's all this local stuff? Oh, this is, this tastes great. And they're sitting there, you know, beta pallets lacking all this stuff that we all got into 10 years ago. And you're like, ah, oh, all right, I see you, you know, you're into that new stuff. You know, that's great though, because that's how, tower goes and i just hope that those people understand because i feel like most of it must come from them if it comes from anybody else who's been in it for a while then i guess they're just irresponsible but i would like to at least think that that sort of like more more cavalier attitude towards it comes from the uh folks who are just discovering it and they're excited and they don't see that downside because it's really I mean, hard I would, to see that you know, in the beginning. i mean i would like to believe that's true but i've definitely seen a lot of sketchy from people who have been like who have clearly been they've been in the scene for a while like like lots of people take it with a very cavalier attitude i know who you're talking about too um yeah i wasn't even really thinking i'm not even talking about it i'm not even talking about any one person in particular like it's like it's a more it's a more common thing than any of us would like to believe i think interesting okay that means i just haven't seen it enough then i i see that group occasionally but i don't see all of those different things um can we take a thumbnail real quick? Because I just my camera started flashing, and every I, for some reason, when I'm connected to Ecam, this particular camera, if I just change the battery, it doesn't re, it doesn't pop back in. It does. Uh, I'll just go to webcam. Want to take that uh, thumbnail yeah, real quick? All right. Hold them bad boys up. Oh shit! Oh shit! Okay, hang on a sec. Oh shit! Oh, all right, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Everyone ready? Is everyone ready? Guys, is everyone ready? It's fucking new. Okay, hang on, hang on, wait, 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 oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, uh, this is really poor, this is poorly done, this is poorly activated, that's okay, here we go, ready? 
others. Yes, it's a great conversation, and I, I really do genuinely wish it would be it would still be talked about a little more. It's it's kind of frustrating that it's not. Yeah, but I mean. It's going to be interesting now moving back into – and also it's a harder conversation to have in the summer when people are finally allowed to go out, do their thing, go to bars, breweries and restaurants. And, and then they're like, what? Stop drinking. Fuck that. Like, you know, particularly I've been stuck in a house for 15 months, bro. Like, well, if you were stuck in the house, a lot of people didn't seem to be. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I really hope the, can, the, the conversation continues because your piece was, I think, the biggest piece we've ever had on the blog. Uh, the dry it is. Piece. People it is notably. Lines. Yeah, right. And and that says a lot. It was super highly shared and and um, yeah, it got uh, like and it got interaction from like from people who don't normally interact with it, which was a pretty big sign that I think it was it a conversation right? worth having. Yeah, very much so. And I definitely want to move, um, uh, keep going back into that from from you because you, you know those things pieces I think are super valuable. And the great thing about all of this, once again, is you and I and, and Tiff all really think the same. So I think that I want to keep that that sort of vibes coming from the blog. I think if people appreciate that type of stuff, like the reviews, I think are really cool as well because we're supporting the breweries. I want to all just add back now that you know we're going to take this summer from this side to kind of like work on something different. Uh, there could be some more more uh, more of that to come. People need to make sure yeah. they're keeping an eye on following at Nathan Does Beer for for all of that. Um, with that said, how do you feel about uh, cracking that next bad boy? Let's do it. Beautiful, babe. Do you mind grabbing the bottle of the grandma's boy? It's in the, in the door of the fridge. What's it called? Grandma's boy. Bellwoods. I'm going to have a pee quickly, so I'll be back in a minute. No problems at all. So, once again, another beer that Nate happened to have that I had was uh, this Bellwoods one. I got it earlier this year. Thank you, baby. Um... I actually, funnily enough, this is, uh, yeah, it's called Grandma's Boy. It's a wild ale. This is the one with Shiro plums. I got both of the plum variant. This was the one that Nate happened to have. And uh, funnily enough, so Scott, my uh, old co-host here on BS, who's uh, still a very close friend of mine, him and I used to live a few blocks from Bellwoods when it opened, and I was still in Toronto at the time. And in April 2012, when they opened, we went there. I think it was like within a week of their opening because it came up in my Facebook uh, memories recently. And I had Grandma's Boy on that first day. I didn't realize. And it was the, I guess, the 2012 version of it. This is long before they started adding plums and all this shit to it. Um, so it's super cool. They have, a, I can't remember the other one I have in the cellar there, but there's another version of a different type of plum which is super cool and like i really love the way bellwoods have expanded their um their wild program you know they've they've gone triple down on fooders they've got the cool shit going like they're not fucking around um this particular one i wonder if it says anything it says the wild ale made in the bellwoods solera style repeatedly food aged beer is blended with a small percentage of fresh beer to create a spritzy beer with layers of firm acidity Refined Brett character, stone fruit flavor, and soft minerality. This variant is conditioned on fresh Shiro plums from Niagara. Love that. This is from January. Oh, really? January? See, this is the other problem, right? This is why I love these Wednesday night kind of drinking sessions because so many fucking things I've just sort of like got 
over time. I just, I've got, yeah, I think it's just like the other problem of craft beer, right? You just get shit. And then you're like, oh, I don't know how to drink that now. Let me, let me put that uh, in, the, in the closet for a bit or whatever the fuck. And then all of a sudden, six months later, you've got a hundred bottles in there. Oh, okay. So it's nice to try and slowly get through those type of things. I mean, this isn't huge. This is only 7.7. So it's not, not, uh, not anything like super boozy. I was just explaining Grandma's Boy, and I happened to try the original Grandma's Boy a week after Bellwood opened. Bellwoods opened. Did you know? Yeah, me and Scotty went down because we lived down the street. We lived on uh, Bloor and Ossington. They were at Ossington and Argyle, or really Ossington and kind of Queen. Right. So it was uh, a beautiful – I need a piss as well. Do you want to open it and just talk people through when you got the beer and your thoughts about it? I'll be back in 30 seconds. Yeah, sure thing. Cool. Yeah, so, all right, let's do this. Yeah, so Grandma's Boy is an interesting one uh, that, that holds some memories for me because I'm thinking back to the very first time that I Bell Woods, which I think was in 2016, I want to say. Um, that was a time back when uh, Nathan Does Beer was actually R&D beer back when I was doing this with my boys, uh, uh, Ryan and Dave, um, when we all visited Bellwoods for the very first time. And one of the beers that I took home from that trip was Grandma's Boy uh, with Shiro Plums, which is exactly what we're drinking here tonight. Um, yep, so it's a wild ale. And they've since made uh, several different varieties of it with it, but they but but Shiro is one of the ones that they've made um, several times over. One of the new ones they made this year was with uh, prune plums, which I also had, which was quite delightful. But uh, as I said before, this is one of the ones that I had from that original trip to Bellwoods back in 2016, um, and I had it again. I think I had it again last year. Yeah, um, but yeah. A wild ale with shiro plums. It's an incredibly tart beer. One of those ones that, uh, like, you can taste. They use the pits in it because of how, uh, like, because of how tart it is. But uh, it's uh, it's a good one. Can you feel it in your teeth enamel? Oh yeah, you can. I love that. It'll shit. be like, it'll it'll peel that enamel right off. <laughs> Have you had many uh, grandma's boys before? Uh, yeah, what I was just explaining while you were taking a piss there was. Um, <laughs> When uh, when I first visited Bellwoods yeah, back yeah. in 2016, um, Grandma's Boy with Shiro Plums was one of the like was one of the beers that I took home from that very first trip to Bellwoods. Oh, wasn't that like a uh, a mecca experience? That was an eye-opening experience for me. I think that was like uh, like I think that was also one of my first sour beers that I had. <laughs> okay, that's a big uh, introduction to the vibes. Like yeah, like, like it's a bold intro, right? Like a little, probably too much, to be honest. You, you know what? It was too much for me at the time, but I did still very much enjoy it. Bam! Because you're a gangster, mate. Fucking get that! Oh, you got the Belvis glass, yes. Yeah, man. Oof, it, get it smells. Oh, get it in you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's exceptional. See, Belly, I've been. I've Look, I've heard. Uh, the hit or miss these. I don't like to say this. 
because Bellwoods are like the fucking gods, but they've been extraordinarily hit and miss with their IPAs and all their uh, their hops in the last year or so. Yeah, and I, and look, I, I like I've been harsher on them uh, lately, lately, even the even than you have. Um, you and have. Uh, it's, you're savage. It's. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, look, it's the, 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 I mean, I mean, like, let's be real. They don't need my approval. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing they're, okay. They're, they're Bellwoods. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the, they'll be fine. But, like, but, like, really, to be honest, though, it's, it's just one of those things of like, like, like they used to be the gods of Ontario Hayes. That like Heavily. it used to be the case that it used to be the case that no one could do it like them. Nobody. Um, and, and like, like, and and I say that with the utmost love. I really, like, I really, really do. It's one of those things of, uh, like, which shark back in the day used to be something that you couldn't get anywhere else in the province. It's impeccable. Um, and, and like, uh, a couple of uh, like, uh, like, and many, many others as well. Like, I like, I still to this day, like, like, have dreams about. Um, monogamy uh idaho seven hop hash it's one of the like it's one of the most memorable ipas i've ever had like like how many times have i, I talked about it on like <laughs> either on the podcast or on the chin wags like i like i've i've lost count of the number of times i've I, like i've mentioned it so it's just one of, uh, like, like so nothing can take away from that no. it really uh, like nothing can take away from that but it's just one of those things of lately in the past year to two years maybe the ipas have dropped off in quality like i really i really feel like they have it's one of those things of they've been tasting boozier they've been they like they have not had the same kind of smooth mouth feel that i that i remember a lot of them are kind of just tasting really heavy on citrus uh like and boozy um not the smoothest mouthfeel, and like even then, the 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 like that. You were breaking up so bad, I didn't understand a word of that last little bit you said. I think I'm losing you again. Are you there? Fuck me. Oh, hang on. Wait, wait. I got you again. Or you, you got, got me? Yeah, I got you. It's a little like choppy, but I got you. Do you want to just repeat that last thing about, I think from the last, maybe that we began the last, excuse me, center. This is fizzy. So what I was saying with uh, the monogamy double galaxy was one of the last ones that I had. I was saying a double IPA hopped exclusively with galaxy. You're expecting something with some punch. And I just really didn't find that. It was like, I found it to be heavily muted and like, and was just really not delivering. Um, Like, and I've unfortunately found that that's been a common trend with their, uh, like with their IPAs of late. All of that said, like wrong. I'm being a bit harsh. I'm being a bit harsh, but all of that said, this, the wild ale game, is uh, like is not uh, like is not anything 
to uh, is not anything to scoff at. Like even just on the aroma alone, oh, the, the, like the, the, this one is in very enticing. Like the color, like is just amazing. The head is crazy. It's tart. It's bright. There's tons Oof. of um, plum. Um, oh, my camera died. Let me just switch me out. I'll bring you back in there. Gonna go a bit of uh, webcam action. Hang on. Oh, you can still see the camera. There you go. Um, the uh, just like <laughs> she said, the connection comes back when Nate swears, and it's amazing. It's like, <laughs> oh fuck me, I went back. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Though. Um, one thing, honestly, though, I, and I don't know why, I, I, I don't want to say it because you're so right. Bellwoods changed the game. They are the goats. They are the gods. They're impeccable and we're great. Like, we're lucky to have them in the scene. Their IPAs, for whatever the fuck reason, have been lackluster. Uh, Brad has, my brother's been getting me every, the last, like, an IPA, APA, and a double IPA, all of them, I got every single thing recently that they're doing. He's just grabbing everything. And I've been able to try everything. And it's sort of, at best, it's 50-50. Sometimes when it hits, yep. I'm like, oh, wow. If, it, if it's like a little bit above average, I'm like, whoa, that's all right. Okay, we'll see, you know, because that's how it hasn't really hit. And I think they're just experimenting at the Elzington Brewery. You know, maybe they're just fucking around too much and they, you know, maybe Luke's not involved as much as he used to be. Um, but one thing they have never slacked on is any of their wild ales. All of their food and stuff, their grisette, Gra- this Grandma's Boy series, Farmageddon, Motley Crue, yep. um, their Stouts, all you know from Hellwood, Skeleton Key, um, uh, uh, what's the dead one? Bring on the bring out the dead, whatever. Or bring out your dead, yeah. It's just insane. And this, I had the last of the 2021 as well with the Shiro Plums, and I was saying to, I think the other one's called Niagara Plums or something like that. Um, the other one they released this year was Prune Plums. Hmm. I just grabbed both. I was yeah, like, so did I. Yeah. Oh, so did, did you I. drink it? I did, yeah. Okay, which was better? Do you remember? Um, I mean, I, they, I would have a hard time saying one is better than the other. I, okay. like, I, like, I think they were probably both equally good. I think I've got a sweet spot in my heart for this one. But, uh, but but they were Ugh. they were both equally good. Um, but yeah, like like this one, it's got it's got like it's got a subtle farmhouse funk to it. Yeah. Uh, like which is just delightful with everything. It's like it's tart. I was being a bit sarcastic before when I said it would rip the enamel off your teeth, but like like the thing is, it's actually it's intensely bad. tart. It's intensely tart for sure, but it is not like offensively tart. It's not um, like as long as you're expecting it to be a bit tart, like it's not going like it's not going to be like uh, like something that's like that anyone would be offended by. Like it's even though the flavors are quite powerful, it is very it's still very complex, which is an impressive feat to pull off. Big facts. Yeah, man, they've, they 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 just haven't even slacked. I don't think I've had any of their sort of barrel of food or stuff, and I've even thought it was average. It's all been very good to exceptional. Um, yep. And, I, and I, the I, point I, that it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. not easy at all. And like like we've talked about before, Jutsu 
was a game-changing hazy pale ale in Ontario. Yes, it was. It's the model for hazy pale ales in Ontario. I feel like it's one of the like it's one of those things of you probably wouldn't have paper salesmen without Jutsu. Would you Would you agree? Hundred percent agree. It it was the first hazy. It was when I interviewed uh, the Wild Shack, who were they're not together anymore. They were business partners. They were these home brewers who were collaborating with professional breweries, and we thought they were going to do their, like, you know, open their own space. They, I, I never forget this. During the podcast, um, one of them was wearing a Bellwoods hoodie, and I was like, interesting. They're based mm. here in Montreal. And then they had this yep. cellar. They had like 10 beers that were worth five grand between them all. And we did a, I used, when we first started our YouTube channel, this was early 2017, like January. And they, uh, we did this episode called What's in My Cellar or something like that. It was just like one of our little old school segments. And uh, we did that with them. And they had multiple shelves of Bellwoods. And I was like, why the fuck you got Bellwoods? That was the place that was around the corner from my old crib. And there was nothing spectacular about them at the time at all. And they were like, oh, man. This shit is crazy. And they had Skeleton Key and all the barn owls and all that stuff. And at the time, I was starting to get pretty obsessed with haze because that was what was starting to pop off. And they were like, oh, yeah, Jutsu is the haziest paler. I'm like, what? And literally later that month, I was in Toronto for a show. Tiff and I went at um, a mod club on College Street and it finished. And we were like, oh, it's only like 11 o'clock. Let's grab a drink somewhere. And this is probably February, like, like the month off, whatever, or early January or February. And then we went and we were driving down and we were like, oh, Bellwoods is just down there. So let's go. And we went to Bellwoods. I remember getting a look. To be fair, I had a weed cookie. So I was a little high, a little vibe. And I had um, Sea Star, which is one of their pale ales. I had Jutsu. Um, there was one and a couple other things. I think Paper Tiger for the first time and something else. Maybe it was the Hop Hash Idaho 7 Monogamy. And I just remember just losing my fucking mind in a way I don't think I've ever lost my mind since over beer. I'm like, this is, this is insane. And two months later, we had Luke on the podcast. Um, Bellwoods changed the game, bro. They absolutely, absolutely changed the game. They ran the scene. They were the first ones having their beers out in the States. They were the first ones rolling the dice and doing what the Americans were doing here in Canada, particularly in Ontario. Um, Everyone yep. is inspired by them. Uh, the reverence that Bebo and Steve from Third Moon was talking about them when we did their first anniversary party and he was so honored to have the collab with them was worthy of, yep. of everything he said. Was that, and like they're just God tier, man. That's why it's a little upsetting for us to have to say that their haze has taken a dip and I, it's like, it's almost like it doesn't matter how much I'm still going to, I'm like every time it comes up and, Brad's like, oh, you want it? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, just give me one. Just fucking do it. And yeah. I don't know, I had last, what today? Yeah, last night I had their Belma. They did like a monogamy with Belma hops. That was great. That was pretty solid. So some, and I've still got one of the, I think a double IPA, you know, from that series in the fridge now. And the other series as well, just to give them more props, was the Stout with Coffee series. I haven't, yeah. had a, I haven't had a shit one. I have heard there's an Imperial one. I have heard that one is lackluster, and I have that one, but I haven't that, heard it yet. That you probably heard from me. I just uh, the, oh, the, the, the only thing, 
Yeah, the, the only thing that I found that with with that one that it was just intensely sweet, and that just might be with uh, like with what my palate has been like lately. I can't handle sweet stouts anymore. Gotcha. It's like I I just find it like I just find it way too much, and like it feels like my teeth are rotting off, and I have a wicked hangover afterwards. So like so I can't really handle that. But uh, like put that aside, that might just be how my palate is going these days. But to be but like I will agree with you one hundred percent that the series a stout with coffee is superb. Insane. It's like like it's like it tastes like a fresh pulled espresso. Like it it's like so it's good. phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I really, and that just really goes to show, right? Like, I feel like that's where Bell, and it's interesting where they started off being, like, it's almost it didn't matter what they did, they could do no wrong, but it really was started with the hops, with the haze, the pale ales, IPAs, double IPAs, which just fucking, like, A1, world-class, god-tier, and then, you know, things change over time, but at the very least right now, even if that is, isn't, isn't where it needs to be and it still could get back there, the 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 wild ales and that stout series are just insane. I I grabbed the uh, the bring out your dead. Um, they did double barrel versions of some of them. I Noah was saying like a cognac barrel then a bourbon barrel or something like that. And I know Noah yeah. had it and he said it was insane. I haven't got to all that yet. I've got like three the last three ones I've done. I just have to get to it. But now that's my Wednesday drinks. You know, slowly getting to them one at a time. But Overall, though, like this is, so I was really happy to say that you said that you had this one, which was, uh, yeah. which is dope because I just needed an excuse to, to bust it out. Like it's so. Well, this is a good excuse for it. Oh, um, and uh, the, like, and you mentioned Noah there. I'm th- like, I'm thinking back to something that he said before: is that uh, Jelly King is one of the models of dry hop sours, and uh, uh, like in Canada, even big time. I think that it started the game, just like you said. There would would there be paper salesmen without Jutsu? Would there be any dry hop sales without Jelly King? And I don't know. They like some of the like, like some stars in the country. I feel like are feel like are standing in, like are standing on the shoulders of Jelly King. Hundred and fifty percent, and even more so the fact that they've had all these fruited varieties over the years. Um, and I don't recall one that was even average. Like I really don't. Like the shit. I would agree with that. Was so exceptional, and the fact now that they've gone from never being in the LCBO to having Jutsu, OG Jelly King, I think Roman Candles in LCBO, um, yeah, Raspberry Blackberry uh, Jelly Kings in there, and, and all these different ones now. Like, and they're just so consistent. They just so. I think because their base is impenetrable. All you got to do is add the fruit, and the fruit is consistent. So, yeah, don't fuck that up, and you're good to go. And just all their combos are just so insane. Uh, like Jelly King is just so crazy. Bellwoods definitely deserves their flowers, man. Like they're they've done, they've really truly changed the game, and it's been cool to see them sort of evolve. And I understand, right? It's a business, and they needed to do their shit. And like, fuck it, let's get in the LCBO. Let's put these bad boys. But you know what? Like, I don't think I like I don't think anyone can fault them for for knowing how to run their business. Like, no, no, no. like holy shit! Like, yeah. they, 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 they're a for sure, and uh, and you know what? It occurred, like it occurred to me where we're like where we're talking about uh, being harsh on their haze doubles, 
I, like it dovetails very, very nicely into our final oh, yeah. topic, <laughs> yes, which was, don't you think? Yeah. Don't you I, think? This is perfect. Uh, like, which is, uh, yeah. Uh, like, which the final thing that we want to talk about was how to talk about beers that aren't good or beers that you don't like without being a dick about it. And I feel like a lot of people out there on Instagram and Twitter need to really listen close because the entitlement of some people in craft beer who have a fucking Instagram account is insane. They have no idea how to make beer, how to run a business, how hard it is to do what these people are doing. And the, the lack of consideration for, for, you know, just even thinking the fact that, hang on, my subjective ass palate doesn't like this. I should let the whole world know how shit this is. Yep. They don't even think that, like, maybe they don't know enough or they don't appreciate it. Or maybe it's better to shoot the brewery a message. Like, what are you trying to get out of this? It's an interesting topic yep. because it's something that, like, both of us, I don't know, I'm not passionate about it is the word, but, like, we feel strongly. We have we have strong feelings about the way that people handle things like this. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that, that like Noah, I, like for, like from beerism, I that, like I've always felt it had, like has been the absolute model for how to handle situations like this. Yes, uh, and, like, like and we've talked about this before. And, like, and he's just been he's been writing about beer for so long and so eloquently that like he's really like he's really developed um, just kind of like a very keen eye on these kinds of things and also just a very respectful manner about how he approaches these kinds of things. But it's one of those things that he can manage to write about beer in a way that if there's flaws in it, he can say, like you know, he can say if there's flaws in a beer um, that, uh, like you know, that are worth, like that are worth mentioning, and it, like you know, and he can mention them publicly, and it's and it's fine. It doesn't come off in a dickish way. It doesn't come off as overly critical. It's just as you know, here's something that I think is a bit of a miss, or something that I don't like that I don't particularly like, but. But otherwise, here, like, here's what's fine about it, and it's just one of the, like, it's just one of those things that you can mention it while being respectful, and also just if, and and he said this before, if it's a beer that is just completely off, and he thinks that there's a problem with, or like, or he just doesn't enjoy it all, then like, then there's not a point in talking to it. In talking about it, there may be some value in reaching out privately to like to the brewery to get like to give them some feedback. But what benefit does it do to just say, "I think this beer is shit. You fucked this one up." Um, like you know, it's like it's off style. Here's every off flavor I detected from it. What the fuck were you thinking? Releasing this, blah 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 blah. And you know, there's people like and there's people who think it's okay to to like to go ahead and say things like that. And something that I want to make absolutely clear about this because this is something that always comes up in this conversation about is it okay mm-hmm. to like to negatively review beer. The case that I am not making and will never make, I am not saying that every that like 
drink the beer they like you know like if you enjoy it it's fine there's nothing wrong with any like there's nothing wrong with any beer you can't say anything bad about beer i am not making that case right. i am not, like, i've never made that case i will never make that case there are bad beers there are absolutely bad beers um just because like just, like like local craft beer does not mean good beer that they, like there are absolutely bad local craft beers that they, like that like that shit happens it's bound to happen yes. that they, like like we get they, like we can accept and agree on that that does not mean however that there's any benefit in just saying that, like in just saying that this beer is shit like who benefits from that really it's the, 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 like like does it does it really benefit anyone if I tell someone that I think brewery A down the like down the road from me like if I think that this beer that they made is terrible? If I'm like if I'm driving business away from them, I don't really like I don't really see what benefit that like that does anyone. I can maybe like I can maybe say here's what I think is off about this beer. Um, but here's what like, but here's what else I think this may like maybe this brewery like does well or here's kind of a like kind of a sandwich approach to it or at least a polite criticism of it something like something like that but just shitting on like but just shitting on something just for this just to keep this veil of objectivity is I think the pitfall that a lot of people on beer social media fall into is that like, well, where's your objectivity then? Like you don't have to say that something is shit or you don't have to, uh, like you don't have to go to that length for the sake of objectivity. You can have objectivity without doing that. And there are plenty of good examples of that out there. Sorry, I feel like I've been rambling on for a while. No, I feel no, like you probably got something to say on this. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I feel like we see it a lot. And look, if you're one of those people who are out there shitting on breweries, best believe people are screenshotting that and sending it to their friends because they're like, what the fuck is this person on? It's yep. not positive. And look, even particularly for people like us, it hits us a little harder because we're we're like this industry adjacent weird little beer media thing, which is even weird when you think about it. The craft beer has fucking media about it. And it always still weirds me out that I'm sitting here talking to people that are making beer. And I bet that I always think about what they're thinking. They're like, fuck, man, these people want to talk to me. I make beer. Who cares? But it's this thing. It's a thing. I didn't make it up. It's a thing. And yep. I always, like, I just, I feel like because we're not just social media-ing about beer for the sake of it. I was for years, and then we became this podcast. So I So were you, right. And then this podcast, and I imagine so was Noah and so was Chris. This podcast came about, still didn't take it seriously. Then all of a sudden, breweries wanted to be on, and we had this ridiculous name. They're like, oh, fuck, I guess we have to be serious. And I was still always cautious because I've always been like a, I don't know, I've always had businesses and doing different things. And I've always been cautious of what I never was like a shit on. I'm not an aggressive, I want to fight you type of person. I'm not confrontational. And if I don't like something, I don't feel, I never felt the need to share it, to feel like my opinion's right. I'm, this is shit. I said it's shit. So you fucking need to know it's shit. So 
those people obviously exist, unfortunately, but the thing with, with, you know, you being a, like Instagram casual to maybe more serious Instagram to now running a blog um, and, you know, people sending you stuff and, and doing all these different things, you know, you're taking that, that responsibility seriously. We take it seriously. I know Beerism does and so does Hobson Bros. So we're all this weird little side fucking world. But when you start to, I think even before, I was about to say, we know the people. I look at this beer and I think of Luke or my friend Gord who works for Bellwoods and like, saying bad things about any of their stuff, even if I felt like that, it's got to be, you know, not that everyone deserves undeserving praise. Like it's got to be worthy, but it's got to be expressed adequately and and reasonably. And, and like you sort of said, like, well, maybe this was just a small mistake in a series of wins why does this one beer define their whole brewery and things like that? I think people don't understand. They have to remember a lot of the people who comment and, and, and talk like that, they've never owned anything. They've never ran a business. Yeah. They've never built anything. Like they wouldn't know the, the, the half of what it takes. Like we don't have a break. We've been doing this shit full time for six years. I'm fucking exhausted beyond anything I could ever express. Like I know what it takes to build stuff. And I would never shit on these people. We are nothing compared to these. These breweries are putting up a million, million and a half, two million dollars to build these fucking. I don't have that pressure in my life. Like I've built something, but I I couldn't imagine what that means, let alone trying to get this shit perfect. A fucking, uh, um, what's the word again? Um, The Spanish word. Uh, Solera style, fooder aged, and all of the variants that can come with a goddamn fooder you know, beer when you're adding fruit to it and wild bacteria that you don't know how it's going to react or you can predict, but you don't know. Like the fact that this exists is damn near a miracle, but everybody feels okay. the need to, to, to criticize it. And the fact that like, all right, cool. We maybe had some like, Oh yeah. Bellwoods aren't quite what they used to be lately with their hops. Well, I mean, like we're not the first to say it. We're, you know, very cautious about saying that, but we're saying it with peace and love. Like they, are one of our favorite breweries. They mean a lot to both of us. They've impacted yeah. both of us in ways neither of us can probably adequately express yet. You know, shit happens. It's a lot happening. Yeah. They're, they're putting all of these skews in the LCBOs. They're growing as a business. This type of production is never flawless. It is what it is. It's okay. You iterate, yeah. you're going to hit some, you're going to miss some. It is what it is. You keep it moving. So, like, I just don't see the point. If anyone really thinks that your opinion is that important, look, even though we're beer media, we know we're just fucking dudes talking about beer. We're not Cicerones. We're not brewery owners. We're not master brewers. We're not trainers. No, man. Anything. We're just stupid little people talking about beer on the internet, bro. I don't take this too seriously at all. I don't think we're more important than we are. And I understand that people might listen. Some people listen to what the fuck you and I say. So we need to be careful with that. And at the same token, we also need to be honest. And there's a fine line between being a prick and, and being just like constructively critical. That would Agreed. Yeah. And here's the, like, and here's the thing with that. Like you, you'll see from uh, like from certain people a lot, like, why are you so afraid to say that, uh, <laughs> like to say that, uh, like to say that a beer is bad. 
that, 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 like, we, like we've seen like we certain people will keep on coming back to this fucking line a lot. Is it is like, why are you so afraid to say that beer is bad? And there's kind of this, like there's kind of this idea floating around that people are afraid to say that beer is bad because they're going to stop the train of free beer. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> I kind of think that, like, like I honestly think that, it, like, like, that this is a completely manufactured thing. Not to, like, like not to say that there's not fuckwits about who are, like, who are only in this game for free beer. Like, we've seen it happen. Well, we know that. And, uh, like, and I, like, and I, like, and I know it's out there. But here's the thing on that. When you say things like, why are you so afraid to say bad things about beer? When I look at the way that those people say bad things about beer, it's one of those things of, are you trying to be helpful or are you just really trying to be edgy? Mm -hmm. And like, are you really trying to point out legitimate flaws in the, the, like in a pro, like in a proper context, or are you just trying to be negative to make a point? Mm. Are you really like, or are you just kind of trying to make a broader point about what you feel about certain styles? Like, you know, there's certain people who feel certain ways about the, the, the like about the popularity of haze or the popularity of uh, the, the, like of hype styles and all this and. <clears throat> and uh, like, and how you get certain, uh, like how you get the, the like the criticism of that, uh, like of that really, really heavily on the, uh, like on those certain styles. The thing that I often think about on that is, do you actually enjoy the beer that you like more than you enjoy hating on the things that you dislike about it? Because if you enjoy hating on the things that you dislike about it more than you actually enjoy beer, then you're doing nothing productive for this industry. You're doing nothing productive for this industry. And the challenge that I would put out to those people is put aside the things that you hate. Put aside the things that you hate about haze the things that you hate about whatever hype styles are out, whatever style it is that you like, maybe it's lagers, maybe it's saisons, maybe it's West Coast IPAs. Write a review about one that you like without saying anything negative about another style. Write about a West Coast IPA without telling me why it's better than haze that you hate. If you can write something positive about your favorite saison or about your favorite West Coast IPA or your favorite pills without saying anything negative about another style, then maybe I will believe that you're here to be positive about beer. But if you can't do that without slagging something that you claim to hate, then I think you're really more in this to just be critical of other people. You're just in this to dunk on what's popular and in which case you're doing nothing productive that's the challenge that i would put out to those people i'm just like beaming that is so beautifully said bro um i don't know what to say i was sitting there watching like i was watching a movie or a play or something i was like this is gorgeous fucking preach bro 
fucking Thanks, I'm glad you like that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I liked it more than I can express. It, 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 thank you. Like, I feel like that it was so, so, so needed to be said. There's so many people who aren't contributing, who pretend like they're actually doing something for this craft beer scene, who are just being negative for the sake of being negative and the attention that that, that generates. And the problem is big, they, it's like those, like you know, maybe kids who have been through some trauma or something, and they know that the only way to get attention from different like shitty parents is to act up. So they're acting the fuck up, and they're putting all this bullshit online to, to talk about something they supposedly love. And yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to understand this reference, Tiff. Just uh, <laughs> this is a very good prop. She's like, oh, you pardon now. It's a Joe Budden reference. They say that joke because, like, he's like, "Oh, we pardon now. We, when, when shit, what you just did happens, we pardon. We fucking pardon, bro. This is what. All right, fuck I'll take it. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the. I'm gonna change the name of the episode. We pardon now. Fuck my life. But it's like it's oh, man. You said it so well. It's something that you and I like. Obvious people who do this generally know who they are because it's a very conscious thing that they're doing. They're not. There's, I don't think there's anybody who is behaving like this and, and, and participating in the industry like this who isn't aware of the implications of their behavior and, and what that means. Yeah. Something that you brought up earlier, I want to just bring, because I think it's really funny and it's become an in-joke between all of us, is free beer and being a shill. I have been accused of both. Um, do I get free beer? Fuck yes. I have more beer than anyone could possibly ever drink. Did I ask for it? Fuck no. The shit just happened because we built a fucking platform that people listen to and watch, right? Now, yeah, man. Like, like no one's making the kind of con- like the kind of content that you guys make. No one knows the amount of effort that goes into creating no the like to creating the videos that uh, the, the, like that you guys make. The production value, the editing, the lighting, the equipment, all of the shit that goes into that. My brother has 20 years experience mixing and mastering and he's doing this shit like as a part of the team. Like, like there's all of this stuff in here and this isn't a joke. It's a part-time job. We run an agency with extremely large clients. Like Facebook is our fucking client. Facebook is paying this little agency to run this shit, bro. This is not a joke. Like there's a lot of things happening. BOS takes up a significant portion of my time. I take this very seriously. It's a labor of love. It really is. And we're trying to make it work and make sure that, that the, when there's money coming in, it's spread around and, and that we're trying to generate, turn it into a business because that's the point. People always forget the beer is a business. The people who – Bellwoods are a business. That's why they're in the LCBO. That's why they're doing that. Maybe that comes at a cost and maybe that means that some of their stuff isn't what it used to be. But they might get it back and that's okay because it's a part of scaling as a business and people don't understand this shit. The amount of work it takes to do all this stuff, like I'm not worried about people not sending beer because I don't see that ending and I also don't care. It's not why I'm fucking doing this. Does that keep my lights on? Does giving me fucking a six pack pay the rent? Keep Like no, it doesn't. So like I, you kind of said it before, like, what does if I don't like something? Do you know what? Do you know what I'll do? And do you know what Nate will do? And do you know what Noah from Beerism and Chris from Hops and Bros and all? We won't fucking post about it. We won't do it because we're going to shoot a message to that brewer and be like, "Hey, man, this isn't it. I didn't like it, or I think this has flaws in it, and I think it's probably better that I don't post about it." And yeah. I think, and and nine times out of ten, they're like, "Thanks, man. 
no problem. That's crazy. Let me look into it. Boom, boom. That is or, that's positive. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like, or there's ways that you can write, like there's ways that you can talk about beers that you like, that you think are a bit flawed. And like, you can even say some things publicly if it's in a way that's productive. And, and that's really what it is. Yes. A great example, this Chronicle beer. I didn't think it was fantastic, but I think it's probably just old. And I'm going to comment that yeah. I think that it's still a great beer and I love the guys behind it. And I love their beer and I think that their shit is fucking fire. And I think that might just be a little bit old and it's a bit muted. Was it shit held? And how did we Yeah, but how did we talk about it though? We talked about it in the broad like in the broader context of what we know they're capable of right. from other like from other beers that you've had from them that like that you've thought are better. So you know what? Like that's that's good and productive. It's like it's good feedback. Exactly. And Steve is saying he said exactly, hundred percent. Shouts to you, Steve. Thank you, bro. Southern Ontario beer boys in the house, right? On oh, Steve. that's Steve. Oh, you fucking champion. Yeah, that's Steve. Man. Yeah, yeah, okay, champion. Like, he, he gets it. And that's what it is, right? There's, there's no point. Like, maybe this beer is a little old. That's all. Maybe this beer, fresh as fuck, would have been bright and tropical, would have punched us in the face, and that's what it is. But I know that Chronicle's other beer is like that. So, therefore, this beer, like, because the, there's a fine line between saying this is fucking terrible to being like, mildly constructively critical and there's nothing yep. wrong with constructive criticism say for me i think it was a bit muted i think it was a little bit old but i can only imagine when this was fresh with that with the hot bill on this one i think it was mosaic and eldorado and some shit it would have punched you in the face and it would have been amazing that's yep. how you handle it now people call you a shilk someone called me a shilk because they want the free beer train i, I just like like a shill is someone who is paid to do to kind of lie about stuff, I guess. Yeah. Like we have been paid by brands multiple times. Obviously, Liquid Happiness, yep. Tiff's thing, our producer. I we've she's had so many paid campaigns lately. We had to make a calendar where we've we've had like three deadlines in one day. Yep. Um, is it a shill? Is it, are you going to your job every day? Are you a shill? Like anything exchanging for money, people don't understand that this shit is a fucking business and I can't stand it, bro. Like the lack of understanding, look, to be honest, and also we're getting mad at maybe one to two people who have sent stuff. Obviously, there's only a couple of fuckwits. Most people understand shit. But like those small lack of understanding is is quite frustrating um, for folks on that. So it's like, there's not enough money moving here to call anybody a shill in craft beer, honestly. Like, and no one's going to kiss us just for free beer. The difference is how you handle it and you can be respectful and, and of, of the people behind the beer. And the thing is with, once again, we're not, and this is not denigrating, we're not just an Instagrammer who's just can't sometimes getting beer. Like we interview these people, we sit down with them, we go to their, their breweries, like we know them. Some of them become personal friends. Like we know yeah. these people. Yeah, I can't like honestly shit on someone's stuff if I know them. I look them in the eye, I go to their place, they treat me like gold and i'm going to shit on their stuff how like you're not going to do that like you're just not going to but am i going to constructively criticize it in the little review of course Uh, or or if i'm going to post it on bos i don't do deep reviews when i post on bs you do much deeper reviews when you post on nathan does beer or on the bos blog but you're always very constructive i edit everything you post on bos we talk about it together it's you and me we're a partnership with this stuff and yeah man 
every time you criticize something, the way you do it is so respectful. And if something was that bad, you would go to the person and you'd be like, man, I can't talk about this. And we've had this conversation. You and me have had this convo because it's come up. And it's, it has. it's so key, you know? And you know what? Like with like with any of the times that I have posted anything, like posted anything negatively, and like it's one of those things of when like when I do it, I'm so like I'm so neurotic about it when I like when I do because it's so often those cases of like I know the people that are behind making these beers. Like, like, like I've met them, I've spoken to them, like, like I've patronized their business. I'm like, I'm, it's like, it's so hard to say, like, like to say anything negative, negative about the product, but I, like, but I've never had bad feedback from them. Like they've never been insulted by it. They've never, like, they've never taken it the wrong way. It's like, it's always been good. They've appreciated honest feedback but like the key is there's no reason to be a dick about it. Like there's yeah. nothing to gain from it. It's like, it's, and Noah has brought this up before in like in conversations with like about this is that like doing it to be edgy is nothing. And it's very obvious when people are just doing it to be edgy like don't like, don't tell me that you're in here to provide honest feedback to better uh, like to better the industry that's bullshit it, 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 it's such a fucking lie that the, uh, the like that people are telling themselves and when you're like if you're comparing it to these people who you're claiming to be shills, such a small fraction of the, like of the beer, like of the beer population that it's, it's creating this lie about how people ought to be when they're talking about beer. Well said, man. And there's a great thing you bring up Noah. Cause there's even one recently that just comes to mind. As soon as you said that Noah and I both received a generous box from this brewery. I won't name them. And I crack some of the beers. I'm like, oh, these all seem to be like oxidized. This is weird. And then he cracked them. I'm like, fuck, mine are oxidized too. He even went and bought one of that same beer to check it. And he said it was the same. They were all. So we messaged them and we let them know. We were like, hey, man, we can't talk about any of this. This is fuck. Like, I literally drained 12 beers from this brewery, who was one of my favorites in Canada too, by the way. And we messaged, we told them. They were like, oh, fuck, what the hell's happened? To be honest, we haven't heard from them since, but um, like I hope that was the way to handle it because neither of us could honestly post about it and and say anything nice because we, oh, yeah, we don't want to be disingenuous about it, right? And exactly, and the beer would be brown damn near. So like their beer would look gross. It would make their brand look gross. The last thing I would want to do is use our platform to make – a brewery look bad ever because that's not the point. We're celebrating breweries here. I would rather be yeah. like, hey, these weren't something was and it was just like a it must have been a production error or something. I don't know what it was, but they were all bad. All every single one. Well, that shit happens, right? And, and like, and the like is such a big thing of it when uh, like from like from your and my end of things when visual like when visual effect when like when photography is such like is such a big part of it like you know 
if a beer is heavily oxidized and it's kind of like and it's coming out like a thick murky brown like 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 you can't hide that like you like everyone knows that's not right no exactly and they would want that so i hope that these guys haven't disappeared on us because they were mad about the feedback and this is like they're I'm just sort of thinking out loud but I feel like we did the right thing though by telling them that, uh, that that that's what happened with this one and then hopefully they can figure out wherever that problem is and then it won't repeat again and everyone's happy what otherwise I'm going to sit here and be like they're so pathetic they can't even get their fucking their production right to not be oxidized like that's what these other people we're talking about are doing and it's like it's not helping. Well, you see that shit all the time. You see that shit all the time. And what it's does that help. help? It doesn't help What anything. does that help? Like, it's, like that doesn't help anyone get their processes right. It just makes people think that a brewery is shit. Mm-hmm. And particularly when you know that it's not, and it's small batch, and things can go wrong, and it's a part of the game, and it's okay. So you let them know on the DM. They are going to be so appreciative. They'll probably hook you up. They'll probably... Yo, if someone buys a, a four pack or whatever, they get one bad beer. Often breweries go send you a whole nother four pack. They're extremely they usually generous. will. They're because ex- they want to keep their customers. They want to make sure people are happy, and they also appreciate when people do it. So even if you're not an Instagrammer in that way or whatever it is, and um, you're trying to review beers and stuff, just there's no need. Just don't shit on anybody. There's just no need. Message the breweries. Hit them up. There's something yep. wrong, or if you think that your taste, maybe your taste, maybe your palate's not good. Sometimes that I think happens. my palate, yo, my palate well, that, all, yeah. happens to all of us. Sometimes we have bad days. I'm like, you know what? Every single, I've had, I'm not going to lie. I've had podcasts where I'm like, every single beer tasted like shit to me, but I know it wasn't bad. And I know yeah. that was me. And I might've just been having a bad palate day for whatever. Sometimes you have an off day. And sometimes should, you have uh, an off day. We should look at Steve's comment here. Yeah, yes. uh, he said, we firmly believe that the platforms that we have, that people actually read and listen to what you say about a beer, uh, want to hear about why a beer is good or great, not why it is, uh, like, like not why it is poor. Take that discussion offline if you must. It's someone's life dream to blue beer. So you're, tra- so you're trashing it will hurt them more than you think. Don't like it. Don't post it. That's a great point, man. I don't get this. Don't be the Damien Cox of Toronto sports. I don't I, – I, sorry, man. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. And there's another another one. Keep going. Uh, a local in our area had the oxidized issue last summer, but they went from bottling 20% of their beer to 90% of their beer because of COVID. It happens, but they are a high-quality brewery that we would not put out socially these issues to trash them. Yeah, couldn't agree yeah, man. more with everything. That And that's really it, man. Like – Shit happens. We're going through a global pandemic, particularly now. I guess we're talking historically too, but like even in the last year to to to, to more than that, people are, like breweries are going through it. A lot of them didn't have bottling or canning facility, and all of a sudden they went from exactly like you said, maybe twenty percent of their beer was packaged to now everything. And he's not Steve isn't in Toronto or like a, like he's outside of it, so maybe the restrictions were different. But a lot he's of in the GTA. He's in, he's in like Burlington, Hamilton area. Right. But still, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the restrictions out there were a little different to, to Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe some things were more open. But it, the point being, the brewery, some breweries went from literally just a brew pub to like, oh, fuck, we have to get a canning machine. What do we do? And of course, yep. it's going to be teething problems because they're getting mobile canning or they're buying a canning machine and, and, and all these different things. 
and it's a lot for people to manage and maybe they have some inventory and they're like, oh, fuck, I've got like 70 kegs. Now we have to put these kegs into crowlers or, or run it through the candy machine to put it into that. There's just so many things that they have to do and I feel like if you are confident enough to talk about beer on social media that you know enough about it, like shitting on breweries is not in under any circumstances an answer or acceptable um, Go through, exactly what Steve said. Go to the DM. There's no need to do any of that stuff. You're not a hero. And also, Nate, even more yeah. what you said, like you were just preaching before, but if you, like you're a Saison man and you don't love fucking haze, well, good for you. Let everyone enjoy the fucking haze. Shut the motherfucker. And you know who you are if you're doing that stuff because there's a lot like, of like, do it. It's it like, like it's one of those things of you've got to attract more people to saisons and loggers if you just talk about how great they are but if you can only do that while also shitting on haze i don't feel like you're going to change any minds with that no sir and that's you know what's it what's the saying you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar yeah like 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 it's a it's a cliche it's a cliche saying but it's true i mean exactly you're not going to like how is anybody going to be attracted to what you're saying when all you're doing is shitting on what they like? If you're telling me how uh, like, bad and, and they're only the, like the only people that you're going to like, like that you're going to attract are other assholes who are also mad at the same thing that you're mad at. Oh, there's a bunch of those. Even Steve saying team lactose. Ah, uh, all day. Team lactose, motherfucking right. All fucking um, day. Even if we don't Southern really Ontario, <laughs> Southern Ontario beer, beer boys, team lactose. Love you guys. Um, like the, 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 the other thing I'll mention on this is like, look, there are bad breweries. There are bad beers, but like, we all know it. Like, like no one is saying that all beers are good. And anyone who is saying that is lying in any product, in any industry, there will always be people who make, uh, like who make a bad version of that product. That does not mean, as the, the, like, you, like you said very well, Craig, that like you're not a hero for saying like for saying that something's bad. There's nothing to be gained in the industry from being edgy by calling out uh, like by calling out publicly. You're not a hero. I agree. Like there will be, like, there will be bad products. And like you are not going to make those go away by being dick about it. A hundred percent. It's just not why we're all here. Like we're not here to shit on beers. We're also no. not here to kiss ass on mediocrity either. Cause I have a big problem with that. No. And I'm not going to yeah. lie. You and I have conversations about people who are kissing ass for extreme mediocrity at the same. Absolutely. Token. Absolutely. Some of those breweries are catering to people at certain levels in their palate. And if some people enjoy them, then who are we to shit on? But you never see Nathan does beer or beer as podcast shit on any of those breweries or those people. I no, because, like, like, you know what? It's because I don't care. I don't care if it like, it's one of those things of if, an, like if there is a big brewery that's ma- like, that's making shit that is not really like, that is not really my jam, but if other people are enjoying it, like, what does it hurt? 
it doesn't hurt anything. Like, like should I tell them that they're wrong for like that they're wrong for enjoying it? No. Like, like what does that gain? Like, you know, the business is like is making beer. It may not be it, like it might not be my cup of tea. But if five other people are like like are really just having a blast on it, then like what's the harm? There's no harm. There's no harm. Like people are enjoying beer and people are getting paid for making beer. Like it's a good thing. That's it, man. And that's what we're here to promote. And if we're not into it, we just won't talk about it. And we just let people enjoy their shit. You know, it's we're not, fine. It's it's fine. It's such an interesting thing that people have this urge to shit on what everybody else is into or stick their kind of nose into all of that. Now you can have an opinion. We're never saying don't have an opinion because obviously even if yeah. we're not sticking our nose into it, we're human, we're going to have an opinion. But you know what we do? We keep it to ourselves or we send a text to our friend and then we can talk our shit. And then that's it. And then you get over it and you move the fuck on. And the problem is that people always forget there's a DM option. People always tweet something or post publicly when you should probably just send a text and get that off your chest. And most importantly is that whatever corner of the business that you're in is that there are humans behind like behind every aspect of this industry like even if it's a beer that you think is shit the beer might actually be shit but that's still a real human who like who's made it and you're like and you're doing no favors to anyone by like by just announcing publicly that you think it's garbage it's a like it's a human being that like that made that, and they might be struggling. They they've got it like they've got a small business. They're probably like they're probably working very very hard to make that product the best they can be. Not everyone in this business is the be- like is the best. That's true of any business in any industry, but human beings behind it still. That's what people need to remember, and I think it's sort of so easy to not not even think about that if you're just consuming and not really visiting. If you go to the brewery, it's highly likely you're going to be able to speak to someone, whether it's the person who's making it, the people who own it and bankrolling it, whose life it literally is on the line if the shit doesn't work. Particularly during the pandemic, once again, it's brick and mortar business. These places are worth a million dollars plus. There's, you can't just do it with one person. You need a team of employees. There's a lot of expenses that go into making this goddamn stuff, and there's not a lot of fucking profit margin on craft beer. No one's sitting there wearing diamond necklaces and driving Rolls Royces on craft beer, bro. It's not that kind of business. Even if no, you- it's one of those. It's one of those things of like this bottle might cost eighteen dollars, but how long did this have to spend in the fooder? How long did this have to spend in a barrel? How many ingredients had to? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't even look because I was happy uh, to pay for it because I knew it was going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. But like the ingredients that went into this, like the plums that went into this, the amount of time that this had to spend in the fooders, the amount, the, like, you know, the cost of every single ingredient that went into this. It's not like it's not a cheap product to make, man. And the, when you said about the plums, like, I don't know if y'all follow them on social, but if you follow like Barncat or Bellwoods or whatever, if they're making this beer, there is like 10 people sitting there getting a plum, twisting it, taking out the pit, putting it in the basket, twisting yeah, it. Man. That shit takes eight hours. 
to get enough plums for this type of beer. Like it's not a joke. These are manual, these are local fruit coming from Niagara to Toronto to make this beer. Like the shit is, is very, very serious. And I hope, be, I mean, look, I imagine that people who are doing this type of stuff probably aren't watching or listening, but like, I really hope that at least maybe if uh, there's some folks who are on social and they talk about beer and they're passionate about it and stuff that they, you know, if they get something they don't like, they think twice about, you know, really going and, and shitting on a brewery. And if they don't like it and they think there's actually something wrong with it, they should just message the brewery. Now, if you don't like it, part of the game, sometimes you get a beer and you spend good money on it. And you're like, fuck, this isn't for me. You know what? If you're it's a wine, the, the wine, you're going to look at a minimum starting point at 20 bucks and you bought the 750 a uh, mill bottle of wine, you're like, oh, fuck, this is trash. You could get in the beer game from $2.50 to $3 and you might spend two bucks, three bucks. And you're like, oh, this beer is trash. I don't like this at all. Oh, well, next one. And you're not really losing too much. So understand the concept. What if you're in the liquor game? You're spending craft liquor, bro. You're not spending less than 40, 50 bucks a bottle. If you don't like that shit, uh, you know, good luck. You're shit out of luck sometimes. And, like, and, that's and it's, the, 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 it's part of the game, man. It's just yeah, part of the like, game. Like, like sometimes, like, like sometimes that, like that's just shit luck. And like the like the important thing to keep in mind is that like almost anyone who spent any amount of time in craft beer social media probably knows someone who either works in a brewery or is a brewer or is a part owner, something like that. Mm-hmm. You probably know someone in that end of it. And you'd probably think to yourself, would I publicly trash a beer from this brewery? So just think about that with any single brewery that you ever post about. Just remember that someone has that connection with someone from like with someone from those breweries. If you wouldn't do that with someone who you know, why would you do that with like with someone that like with someone someone's product that you don't if you wouldn't do that for a closest friend of yours if they were part of that business why would you do that from another business who you don't know that person from it could very easily be a person from that other business big facts i really hope people do remember that because it's a it's a genuinely important thing to keep in mind and and more than ever in this last year when we've seen the fragility of society of business of you know, the economy of how quickly things can fall apart and how valued a craft brewery is as a part of our society. We're very fortunate that hardly any, if any, went under because their communities stood up and took care of them and supported. And craft breweries have become a fabric of society anyway you, you, you're sort of talking about. 100%. So making sure that they are okay has seemed to become a priority for a lot of people. And I love it and I respect that. So, you know, they're going to fuck up. It's part of the game. Our faves fuck up. I've had beers from the Vale or Trillium that weren't that great. It's okay. It's part of it. Sometimes you get that. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, I got a four pack of this. Damn. Well, that's unfortunate. But it is what it is. It's 20 bucks. It's 30 bucks. It's not like the end of the world. Like, you know, some of the people are buying fifty, hundred dollar bottles of wine, and it's trash. Or they don't. Yep. Not that it's trash. I'm sorry, that they don't like it. So yeah. you know, in beer, we're very fortunate. 
we're very fortunate that the actual expenditure of, of the consumer isn't that huge to try and you're rolling the dice. And even better, if you go to the brewery, they'll give you a, a taste. Well, now that you can go in there, you get a taster of anything you want before you buy it. They go, let me try this. Let me try this. They'll fucking need you to taste it. Some of them will probably even crack a can or a bottle so you can taste it before you buy it. And yep. you, know, you can see if you like it. So just, you know, I hope people like took what we were being saying and, and sort of can apply it to themselves. Just really, really think before, uh, you know, you say anything negative. It just doesn't contribute. We just, we're, we're only here. We, all of us exist to uplift craft beer, to promote it, to help it win. That is the job of this sort of like um, peripheral industries on the side of craft beer, whether it's media or anything else. That's what we're trying to do, you know, with little reward, like you said, mostly a passion project. There's a little bit of cash in it here and there, but not a lot. Not, not the amount that makes up for how long it takes to do this shit and for the team behind it for how long, Nate, you spend writing a blog and how long Brad spends editing and mixing the episode and how long I spend on camera preparing beforehand. Then as soon as it goes at 1 o'clock on a Friday night, I'm shooting my second music video tomorrow for my album, which I have not got my outfits for, nor have I cleaned all my shit for, but I've got to go prepare the thumbnail and go send off the audio to Brad and then do all this stuff. You know, It's a, it's labor, a labor of love, man. It's a labor of know, love. Man. People don't know what, what, it, what it takes. So I hope maybe that this sort of like we've been pretty forthright tonight um, across the board for the whole three and a half hours here. of just letting people know sort of what it's like. I hope that's been valuable. I'd love to hear what anyone, anyone thinks of all this. But uh, oh, here we go. Steve was saying craft beer family is real family. Real family doesn't shit on family. That's it. And that's really what it comes down to, man. Just respect. It's just respect. And that's really what what it's all about. Yeah, man, it's not difficult. It really isn't. This has been a pl- yo. We should definitely as soon as we come back from uh, from all of this, we should. I'm I'm looking forward to making some changes for BOS and and doing this type of thing more often, where it's me and you, or me, you and Noah and Chris, or whatever. Some just like oh, me and Tiff, or whatever. Just sort of like this immediate crew that appears re- regularly. Matt from Hop, uh, from uh, Vox and Hops as well. Um, you know, Notion, my brother out in Toronto who's a part of the podcast and just having the squad just like shoot the shit There's something about these conversations. These things that we talked about tonight don't get talked about enough and I want to make sure they have a stronger place on the platform. So I want to balance out the interviews with... There's stuff. definitely a lot more deep dives that can be... Like that can be... Uh, like that can kind of be explored in these topics. I'm, I'm extraordinarily interested in doing that and uh you know even uh you and i we have two different seasons whole seasons of the podcast that you're directly involved with co-hosting um the first one we already have planned out another one we have an idea for and stuff so there's a lot of different things i want to be doing moving forward and i've enjoyed this whole quarantine uh edition of the adjunct series and the adjunct series i guess will take a different vein moving forward because maybe it won't be quarantine anymore it'll just be yeah, regular adjunct series, and we'll, we probably, like I said, won't really be doing the lives. I do enjoy the lives, um, but I don't know if there's as many benefits unless people really tell us that they love it. But no, nah, man, this is this has been really great, and I, I really appreciate that just hanging. I know you were only here last week. We hung out with uh, Farah Boz and Laura from uh, Bicycle, and that was a dope conversation. 
it's cool to be able to just like, ah, uh, you know, let it let it chill a little bit and be a little more honest and just talk about stuff that you wouldn't be able to when you have an interview. Well, you know what? I don't think there's any reason you can't have both of those. Like, like, like this this is part of the beauty of the like of, of this platform is that like you can kind of really intersperse. Um, like these kinds of different conversations like you've um, like, like the brewery interviews I think will be never ending and you can like you can continue to have those conversations with the people who make this product that is the entire reason that we're doing this uh, like there will never be any end to that and you can keep on kind of doing them as you like as they come up and you can kind of pick and choose when you want like when you want to have those in with who and then interspersed among that you can also have all of these more focused discussions on like on all of these topics like this is the beauty of this platform is that I think you can really have as much as you want of either side of it you're so right and I realized that I think it's equally as important to have these conversations. I think I got a little caught up in the interviews because I'm talking to people and like, yo, we should have you on, we should have you on. And then these type of things kind of get pushed to the wayside. And I'd like to to definitely make this more of a priority uh, from the fall onwards and stuff after the summer kind of like, you know, people are distracted and maybe they're not traveling like normal, but people are going to be busy and doing their thing. And we've dropped so much fucking content. I kind of also want to give people a bit of a chance to catch up a bit. And, you know, particularly with two, two to three hour podcasts a week, that's a lot of stuff for people to listen to, particularly when a lot of folks aren't commuting as well. And they have that, like yep. that, that time to, yeah. to listen, you know? So I want to give people a bit of a break, bit of a breather, do a different series and then come back in September or whatever it is with the new found energy and, and sort of balance between, you know, this type of stuff with, the, with this handful of rotating co-hosts, which I, I love the idea of. Like that's exciting for me because I me and you, me and Noah, me and Brad, me and fucking Chris, me and Tiff, me and Maddie. And maybe uh, let's have three of us. Let's have four of us in and just all like, why not? You know, I just feel like that might be, what people would, would appreciate and, and, and then intersperse in some, you know, sprinkle in some, some podcasts, whether it's me, you and like, just like you've been a great co-host and Noah's been a great co-host and Brad's been co-hosting the Toronto ones with me and stuff. And I'm enjoying that as well because the perspective of, of all of you guys in your respective lanes from the different regions, like, you know, stuff about bicycle, you knew stuff about bicycle that I knew I wouldn't be able to ask. And it's perfect. So it's like, you know, basically we have a carte blanche to do whatever we want to do moving forward, like you said. So, look, I'm excited for the future. I think it's just been a fun run doing, like, the quarantine. Like I said, last one next Thursday. Not even Friday, just Thursday. Like, I, I had them on Thursday. The Friday one fell through, which was one for you and me for Ottawa, which was unfortunate. Um but man, I it's okay, man. We'll, be, like, we'll pick both of those up in, uh, like in the fall. I'm confident. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm. Back, I'm actually excited to see what we can change. And I think that the best part about all of this is the shakeup. I feel like the one thing that's the yeah. problem with life is sometimes you get a little too complacent and a little too like on cruise control, and you don't think about what you're doing. And I think it's really yeah. Cool. No, I agree. Particularly for these long form content, like we were saying, that you have a lot of effort, a lot of time, energy into if we're switching it up and keeping it interesting, I hope it will make this podcast more valuable because now tonight we touched on four really important topics to us that we thought about and we talked about 
you know, shot back and forth until we figured out what we wanted to talk about beforehand and, and we planned this. This wasn't just like a random, like, see where it goes because we could do that, but I feel like that's lazy. So we thought about it and we hit all the marks. So I enjoyed this thoroughly. I knew it was going to be sick. I've been looking forward to this all week, man. So I appreciate you. You're the fucking best. Um, my man, where can everybody find you online? All right. Um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's at Nathan does beer. And, right. uh, of course, um, on the BAOS podcast blog, um, that's where, like, like that's where I do my longest form content. Yeah. Um, it's been I, like, it's been a lot of review pieces recently. Um, I'm looking to get back on the, uh, like on the long form thing pieces, uh, they're coming up very soon. So do keep an eye out for that. Um, all of my blog content, uh, quick link is Nathan does beer.com. And, uh, you can of course find me here on the BAOS, po- uh, like on BAOS podcast as uh, occasional co-host, which uh, like it's a goddamn pleasure to be here. I fucking love you. And I miss you, man. Love you. I miss you, bro. I hope we can actually hang out at some point, even if it's casually outdoors, reasonably, you know, like to, to grab whatever it has to be, whatever, whatever it has, it has to, be. to be, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm looking forward to it. I want to make this something that, you know, your contribution and your part of BOS, like I've told you a million times, privately it's just it's so valued man i love you you're you're such a fucking sick cunt and i appreciate you wow i said the more you but like the you know i feel like we we have i want to make sure more of this happens um moving forward on bls i'm excited um stick around we'll, we'll wrap up after but guys thank you so much for watching and listening if you enjoyed the episode smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below hit the notification bell say it nate ding so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. Check out the long form audio. We are back. To, well, I shouldn't even say when we are back. We are going to be back at 9 p.m. Eastern next Thursday. I can't remember the date. Um, and uh, after that, stay tuned to our social. We'll let you know whenever we're going live. But make sure you follow us on you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. We're everywhere. Uh, Steve is saying, see you at Collective. Oh, hang on. Where is it? Oh, I'm seeing it on the screen before I hit here. See you at Collective Arts Fest 2022. <laughs> Man, I'd, I'd love to. If it happens, that was one of my faves. It was actually like this week just passed when we were there in 2019. Yeah. Uh, if you recall, that was a fun day. I think it was like yesterday was. or the day before. Um, yeah, man, I've been to all the, all the Collective Arts Fest so far, all two of them, three of them, whatever there was. But yeah, man, hopefully we'll be there. Looking forward to the world getting back to normal a bit and we can uh, maybe hug. Maybe not share beer glasses, but maybe we can kind of hug. We'll get there. I miss all, I think, I miss all of you in, like, and I'm really looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible in person uh, like in the coming couple of years soon. Yes. God, God I miss everyone. It's so fucked up that you're so right that in the coming couple of years because <laughs> you're not wrong. Because that's really what it is. It's going to take a while, man. It's going to take a while. <sighs> it's going to take a while. And I hope, uh, you know, whatever, man. I'm patient. You're patient. We'll make sure it works. Yep. Um, She's like, yeah, late night. <laughs> appreciate you, bro. Steve, thank you for tuning in. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Uh, genuinely appreciate y'all. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Nate, thanks again. We'll see y'all then. Where the fuck's the button? Cheers. Peace.